Okay. Okay, that's okay. And where are the weapons now? He's got it in his hand. He's reloading. He's reloading? <laughs> okay, I need you to bear with me, okay? How many shots has he fired? I don't know. There's so many. Three different rounds are all kind of... Okay. Pastor Frank Pomeroy and his wife Sherry returned from out of town to talk about the deadly shooting at their church Sunday that killed 26 people, including their 14-year-old daughter, Annabelle. One thing that gives me a sliver of encouragement is the fact that Belle was surrounded yesterday by her church family that she loved fiercely. And by God, please. God, please. God, please. America and the world are saturated with agnostics, pseudo-intellectuals, and Laodicean churches that have stopped preaching the gospel. If the church in America had been preaching this book in the churches, What's going on in the streets of this country would not be happening. What am I telling you? Right on the other side of all of this chaos that we're going through right now, in just a few days, in a millisecond, it's going to be over and be over forever. <laughs> Lift up your heads and rejoice. Your redemption draweth nigh. Give him praise in the house of God. Today we're going to be talking about church shootings. And um, we're not talking about churches that go out and shoot people. Um, we're talking about Dylan Roof and Devin, what was it? What was his fucking last? Kelly. Devin Kelly. Kelly. Devin Kelly. Patrick Not to Kelly. be confused. Yeah, I think make sure you throw that middle name in there. Because otherwise, otherwise, there is not a lot about this guy. There is not a whole lot about Dylan Roof either, except for like little news blurbs and a bunch of fucking like propaganda shit on both sides. Um, well, you can get a lot of information about David uh, Devin Kelly, but you're going to wind up getting an actress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fairly attractive one. You know who else is attractive? Dylan Roof's sister. <laughs> I didn't look that far. Um, yeah, she uh, got arrested when she was 18 for carrying a gun to school. <laughs> okay, uh, some, runs in the family? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it, was, it was after Dylan's whole thing. Um, But yeah, so let's see. Which one of these occurred first? Uh, that would be Dylan Roof. All right, so... <clears throat> the Charleston church shooting on June 17th, 2015. Um, killing nine and injuring one. It was an African-American church. Uh, where is the name of the church? Um, was it just the Charleston? No, it wasn't. I had the whole thing. Oh, wait. Emmanuel A. Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopalian Church. Um, basically like an AME Zion church. Um, yeah, they're... 
they're 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 kind of a, a subgroup of the Pentecostal evangelical um, Methodist churches. Um, he killed all nine people he killed were African Americans, including a senior pastor and a state senator, Clementa Pink, 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 Pink whatever, uh, Pickney. Um, yeah, so I actually didn't know he killed a senator. I, you know, I had no idea about that, and that that didn't get a hit lot of news from what I I didn't hear anything about that in the news. Honestly, I just learned uh, during this research that he killed a senator. Um, and he injured one other person. Uh, several people identified him as a suspect. And uh, the morning after they shoot him, they the shooting they found him in Shelby, North Carolina, which is uh, not too far from here, but over a over like 150 miles from the site of the shooting. Um, yeah, so he was born in uh, Columbia, South Carolina to uh, a carpenter, and his mother was a bartender. Um, they uh, divorced, you know, but then got back together right about the time he was born. Um, then, you know, he left again and married some other woman who moved down to Florida, right? Yeah, they, you know, yeah, him and he went live, live with his dad down in Florida for a little while, and then back and forth between the Florida Keys, South Carolina for the rest okay. of his childhood. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Right, and I'm starting to notice, like, other than AR-15s and, like, some mental health issues, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that seems to go through most of these shootings is they have connections to Florida. <laughs> uh, Charles oh, Whitman came from together, Florida. But yeah, you're right. Um, uh, Mateen was from Florida. Uh, we've been found. I mean, there's others, damn it. We've done so many. They're all blending together now. But yeah, they're from fucking Florida. So maybe instead mm. of like restricting firearms everywhere, maybe we should we should just restrict firearms to people who are connected to Florida. Um, hey, hey, hey. Maybe we could I put resemble a, that remark. Maybe they could put like a big <laughs> yellow F on, on their shirts. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, that Metalocalypse episode where I'm fucking, fucking Nathan from becomes. Florida, a, man. No. <laughs> the, 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 there's an episode of Metalocalypse where Nathan uh, becomes governor of Florida. He's like, I'm going to govern the shit out of this piece of shit state. Now let me hear your guns. <laughs> and like he, later on, this hurricane's coming. And they're like, what, are, what am I supposed to do? He's like, what do I get to do? They're like, well, you can name the hurricane. He's like, how about Scrambles the Death Dealer? So <laughs> yeah, he was the epitome of a Florida man. <laughs> um, well, Mike, ever, ever since I've known you, though, you've lived in North Carolina. So. While you are somewhat suspect because you have connections to Florida, <laughs> you know we just we just don't let you go to places like malls or anything. That's all. You know you're. <laughs> it's like everybody gets to carry a gun in a mall except for Floridians. Um, I'm I'm sure we've just lost our entire Florida audience, but <laughs> that's okay. Hey, we've some crazy motherfuckers. It it, it breeds it into you. It, it, it it leaches in through the skin. It's it's something in the moisture in the air, and it's always there. Yeah, it's one hundred and eighty five percent humidity. I mean, <laughs> Dude, it's the worst. People keep saying the only place that I, I've been that was almost just as bad as Florida, as far as weather wise, in the fucking summer, was fucking um, New Orleans. 
Uh, and Meridian, Mississippi weren't great either, but New Orleans was Dude. was worse. <laughs> now, I was only born there and you know visited a few times, but you know, yeah, so yeah, I, was I call myself a Carolinian. I was technically born in uh in Illinois. And except for during election times, I consider myself a Carolinian. <laughs> Other times I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kinda I kinda like things in Illinois better. <laughs> no, uh, wait a minute. No, not now. <laughs> not right now. And not in the sixties no. either. It was pretty bad then too. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's going to have to be a whole other episode about what the hell's going on up there now. Wait, what's going on up there now? Oh, bro, pretty much decriminalizing crime. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know me and my I mean, including aggravated, <laughs> including aggravated assault, drug charges, drug drug induced murder, vehicular homicide, you know, stuff like that. They they they, they won't even lock you up now. Well. Come January, they won't lock you up. For what me. are they doing? They're just not locking you up for those particular crimes unless you're a flight risk. And then if you don't show up for court, they politely come find you and ask you to show up for court again. And then if you don't show up, they'll finally lock you up. Hmm. I feel like that was something that started with some with some decent progressive ideas, but then went horribly awry. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. my, without looking into it just my this this would be my first account of this knowledge but that sounds like something that was wonderfully progressive that was completely destroyed <laughs> um yeah it's like somebody sabotaged it or somebody's intentionally doing it to make some things yeah. happen for somebody i don't know it's you know it, it opens up the realms of conspiracy stuff which we'll have to get into in another episode but yeah it's 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 definitely not a good place to be, at least not after the first of the year. But um humble opinion, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. It'd be a wonderful place. It might turn into a it might be a fucking paradise. paradise. Look what happened to Portugal when they legalized all drugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean um, So anyway, back to Roof. Uh um he this was a dumbass piece of shit. Look, yeah, he, he really was. And like and the thing is, man, I, I, I grew up around people like him. Um, I like half of my family. Matter of fact, a, good, a, a few members of my family live in a part of South Carolina, not far from where he lived. And I lived there for about a year once. And I can tell you, man, that at least during this time, this was like in 2005 when I was there. Um, no, no, excuse me. This was like 2003. But uh, yeah, I was there in 2003 for about a year. And like deep central rural South Carolina, and it is drastically different than even here in North Carolina when it comes to the uh, like the 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 radical redneck racism. Not just yeah, like- I just made a short visit down to South Carolina a couple weeks back. Yeah, I I, I remember exactly how it is now. Yeah, yeah, there is um, and it, and it's really not changed very much in those few years. Um, like I was recently, a couple of years ago, I was recently, I recently spent some time in Charleston. In fact, I actually saw the church that this happened at. Um, I mean, it was, it was well after the, the actual shooting, but yeah, I actually saw the church this happened at in Charleston. Uh, I kind of made a point to ride by it cause you know, I was curious. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, even in, even in Charleston, it's still very much, it, it's, 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 it's not, I wouldn't call it segregated. 
But there is definitely some some leanings. Say, I've been to New York where you know you, you hear about massive segregation and stuff in in the society now um when you know, with Manhattan yep. and the boroughs and stuff. It's the same um, in like Chicago too. Yeah, uh you know South Carolina, uh, I've I've only traveled the East Coast and I've been in every state in the East Coast and I've I've seen uh-huh. a lot of towns and I've seen a handful of cities. I try to avoid those, but I've seen a few of them. And the most segregated city that I've ever seen is in South Carolina. Yeah, um a lot of people in South Carolina are like real hardcore on on like basically they feel that a lot of them to this day uh even like my generation in in this in that part of the country still feels like the the old south you know with the segregation and whatnot that was like the golden era not not so much slavery because they don't want to admit that they're fans of slavery but what they'll do is they'll they'll say that well during during this time during the 50s in south carolina it was a wonderful time and then well things just started to go bad and that's that's a dog whistle you know it's got that southern charm yeah it's, it was a southern charm well yeah for certain people but right. <laughs> not for everybody and you know um it was they they still hold on to that man and like they they keep backpedaling a little bit well it's not it's not really racist it's about heritage i said but and and to that i do agree to an extent um not every soldier that fought on the confederate side in fact most of the soldiers in, that fought and died on the confederate side they they, they they weren't so much racist, you know, they weren't, they, they weren't slave owners and stuff like that, but it was, you know, when your heritage consists of not just slavery, but the things that happened after the civil war ended, you know, when, when that is your late, when that is your heritage, maybe it's time well, to, I'm not even calling the people that actually live there now racist in any sense. I mean, are they down there? You know, this guy, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying that it's the majority of people. I'm just saying that the, that there is a, a strong foothold in the culture of rural South Carolina that holds yeah, very, they, that still it, holds very deal to that Confederate idea. Yeah. It started uh, from the racist, can you know, old school, you know, southern, you know, lo- lifestyle, and it has persisted yeah. through today. And yeah, it, it, it's stronger than I've seen point. everywhere. Yeah. And I grew up, I grew up thirty miles from a giant billboard that said "Welcome to Johnson County, home of the Ku Klux Klan." I, <laughs> <laughs> it, and it, the, the, there, I met more. I ran into more of these racist types like Ruth. These, these kind of ignorant they were radicalized because of their culture and because of the people around them not because they had any actually original thoughts um uh, see i grew up a stone's throw away from that and i never seen it i, I so. yeah i i saw i saw a good plenty of it but when i was in south carolina i saw it a lot more it was very clear to me um i mean i grew up around dirt track racers that you know actively had you know, Confederate flags, Duke boy style all over their cars. And I never seen this kind went, of stuff. I here. went to one of my cousin's football games in fucking Peely in South Carolina. And, uh, I was, I was 15 at the time. And I noticed like at the football game now, you know, I've been to football games in North Carolina too, at in Johnson County. And, uh, there were like, there were, there were black, there were black families and there were white families that were in the bleachers, but they were, they were intermingled. You know, they they just sat where there was a seat. Um, you might, you know, in when I was in Peely in South Carolina, there was a whole like half empty bleacher stand that was all the black people, 
and everybody else, all the white people were in the rest of the bleachers. And it, it I guess there was no like cops enforcing it, but it was, it, they, they, they just automatically do it. It's it. That's how they do things. And it, you know, the concept of one coming to the other to sit down, nobody would have said anything, but people on both sides would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Um, so there's also like an expectancy. Now that I've seen. That um, I've seen. And yeah, even the, in the my raising, uh, definitely. In, in North Carolina, it was as a child, I was expected to have the same racist views as my grandfather's, both of them. Um, when I defended uh, a black friend of mine, I, uh, my, my one grandfather who, who used to be a preacher, he, not my clan grandfather, but the other one, um, he was arguing, he was like, well, black people are this, black people are that. I said, well, that church you go to every Sunday has this little black lady in it. It's just one. I said, but if she were to come here today to pick me up to go somewhere, would you call her the same words you've called my friends? And boy, I, he didn't talk to me for months. But because he knew I was right. <laughs> but I was expected to have this same racist ideology as my grandparents and my, the generations before me have. It's expected. And if you don't have it, you're outcast. You're, you're ostracized. You're yelled at. You're being told you're ignorant. You're being told that you're wrong. And it's like, well, maybe I'm not, though. <laughs> Did it ever occur to you? <laughs> that and that would be a good preview to call for a future episode that definitely needs a discussion to come about this day and age. And that is, let's, we're going to have to talk about this. This little <laughs> bastard right here has brought it up, you know, to front, four, and center. Is that, yeah, we're going to have to have an actual serious talk about racism in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> back to this little tiny dumb and I, i'm not using that lightly i listened to this kid for you know a good two hours and it really hurt my brain you now, know what? i've met I... people that had this guy's mentality for you know pseudo racism is what i'm calling it because i don't even think he thought he was actually racist he he well... I, I... <sighs> <laughs> All right, so he went down a similar path that I briefly explored in my younger years. Um, I didn't have Google what I so much as what he did. Um, what I did have, though, was enough knowledge about how to research things that I found the works of a the founder of the American Nazi Party, George Lincoln Rockwell. And upon reading his, I was reading his manuscript, his initial like manifesto is called um, "White Power." Uh, I started reading it, and briefly, like, for the first, I don't know, maybe half of the book, I was sitting there thinking, like, maybe this guy's got a fucking point, right? Now, upon further reflection and research and just, you know, looking within myself to find my own humanity about things, I, I've discarded it as nonsense. But for that brief moment, for that brief moment, I found myself thinking, well, maybe he's fucking right. And it was basically the same type of rhetoric that um, that radicalized Dylan Roof. Um, basically, that white people are under attack. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're coming for our culture. They're coming for your women. Uh, you know, they, they, they would use, like, they would skew statistics. And it's how propaganda fucking works, man. And some people, like I said, luckily, I... I, I grew up with that kind of bullshit, so I kind of I already smelled it. I already already knew what what to look for, and I already knew what propaganda looked like because I've studied a lot about propaganda. 
Um, and so I, I was able to see my way through it. But somebody with less intelligence, and I'm not trying to blow my own whistle or blow my own cock here, but I mean, somebody this guy with less, says more fucking low, man. No, a fucking piss ain't smarter than this fucker. Yeah, you know, somebody, and even somebody with moderate intelligence can get easily swept up in it, especially if they're coming from a culture where this type of belief is it's not only accepted, but it's encouraged and ex- and expected. Yeah, I mean, I can see being conditioned to have racial behavior. Right, right. Absolutely. But when but, I started finding myself thinking along the lines of the people who I thought were, I, I had already decided were backwards, wrong, and ignorant, I started thinking, wait a second, this guy's just using big words to spread his ignorant bullshit. You know, <laughs> so... I, I immediately yeah. discarded the works of George Lincoln Rockwell. Luckily, I didn't pay for them. I just pirated them like I've done most everything else. Um, <laughs> Somalian pirates, we. <laughs> um, so, There's <yeah>. one. <laughs> he, he started in uh, middle school, apparently showing some uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors. Um, he insisted on that bowl cut. And that bowl cut, um, after his crimes, a there's a new faction of like this neo-Nazi party that called themselves seen him. That's they call themselves the Bowl Patrol in uh in <laughs> honor of Dylan Roof's haircut. And if neo-Nazis are naming their groups after you, you're on the wrong side. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh you've you you've made you've made some wrong decisions if if neo-Nazis are looking up to you now. Um, oh my god yeah in nine years he attended at least seven schools in 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 south carolina uh including white Knoll high school in lexington and uh white no white Knoll high school in lexington is 10 minutes or 15 minutes away from where i was living in peely in south carolina right i i know this fucking area (laughs) um (laughs) matter of fact a right there in pelion there's a uh, a peanut parade like every year and or peanut festival, I should say. And uh, there's this guy from Lexington who had like these boiled peanuts. You could eat the shell. They were fucking delicious. It changed my outlook on boiled peanuts. I love them now if they're done right. These motherfuckers are so soft. You could eat the fucking shell. They were amazing. Now, all I know about South Carolina really is, you know, that's the closest place to get explosives. It really is, man. In fact, um, I, I enjoy, if I'm near enough south of the border, I like to go to south of the border. You know, uh, not only for the, the, the cheap food there, um, <laughs> like the, and the fact that it's a, it's a fucking amusement park that no one's ever at. <laughs> <It's fucking>, <laughs> <laughs> I love it there, man. You know, uh, <laughs> the hotels are, are, the hotel there, like the, the motor in at fucking south, at south of the border, it, it's cheap as fuck, but it's actually decent. Like you don't have oh, to worry about and, and, and it's the closest place to get a shotgun wedding. Fuck yeah. And you can go there and you can get fucking explosive fireworks that leave the ground. Yeah, that's what I meant by explosives, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um you can you can actually get explosives anywhere, but <laughs> yeah. we're we're talking about yeah, the decorative yeah. explosives, not the Yeah. That, that's not, what I meant, folks. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um Stunner's Point podcast does not condone the irresponsible use of explosives um i'm glad you clarified that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah of course timothy bay irresponsible use of explosives the people who built the tunnels under the fucking mountains for the highway 
irresponsible use of explosives. The building of Mount Rushmore, irresponsible use of explosives. Very much, <laughs> yes. At least for all the Indians who were living there. Um, Choose your placement carefully. Well, I mean, it was fine before people started blasting the mountain apart. And then they went and tried to do the same thing on a giant. They're like, you know what? We we destroyed your culture. We've erased you from our lands. Let's build, let's blow up a holy mountain of yours to make it look like Crazy Horse. That's something he would want, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and never get finished. Fuck, no, it won't. But it'll be, if they did, it would be pretty fucking impressive. It would be yes. like the most impressive statue on the face of the earth. I uh, thought you was going to say it would be the most impressive disgrace in the world, in the earth. And, also, you know, the most or the most impressive backhand slap to the face. It, dude, it's you know, all of those at like, once. There are so many things that makes it the most impressive statue on earth. <laughs> you know, it like looks going, like crazy horse, but it's a big middle it would, finger. It'd be like going to Cuba and and building a five hundred foot tall statue of Christopher Columbus. I don't have a whole lot of Indian blood left in my line, but you know what little bit it is 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 absolutely offended by that. Yes, that, was, <laughs> that should have never happened. Leave the, leave the land alone, people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he stopped a parent. He he dropped out of high school in the ninth grade. Uh, after uh, he stopped attending classes. Um. He spent his time between playing video games and, and getting stoned. Uh, he was on the roster of a local evangelical Lutheran congregation, but it was unclear if he had really gone anytime soon. And like, technically I'm on the roster of three Southern Baptist churches because there were several times in my life. I tried to reconcile with my family. And at the, for a while, the easiest way to do that was by uh, pretending to pretending to love Jesus. I even I've really been to tried. To. I've been to a few churches in my life. I even really tried to, but I just could never stomach the bullshit for long. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've been to a few. I've been to a few. I've been, um, been to a Catholic church. So yeah. Before he got to the attack, uh, he had been living in Columbia, South Carolina, and nearby, also in nearby Hopkins. Um. He'd been hanging out with a couple of friends, like living in their house. He kind of crashing, like couch surfing a few of his friends' houses. Uh, he spent most this, of the time. This is the first point. A little bit of bullshit. This fucker ain't got no damn friends. Yeah, he. Uh, well, he's got acquaintances. Um, he spent most of his time just getting fucked up and getting drunk. Um, working with his dad as a landscaper, but you know. I mean, say if he's got enough money to keep weed in the house, he might have a stoner friend or two who comes around because you know he's got. Yeah, um, his uncle on his mom's side uh, said that he had started to worry about his nineteen-year-old uh, nephew withdrawing socially. He didn't have a job, driver's license, or anything like that, and he just stayed in his room a lot of time. Which at this this particular part, when I was nineteen, I can completely, completely commiserate. Um, that is what I did. From 19 to maybe, I don't know, 25, uh, didn't do anything. And then I went to prison, and then I started doing some stuff when I got out of prison. Um, But I I, I did that very much the similar way. I kind of couch surfed a little bit. I didn't didn't really do anything. I just kind of floated around. I'd work if I had to, and that was only shortly brief periods. Um, His uncle tried to, like, kind of take him under his wing. But Roof was like, nah, fuck you, and, you know, shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I can fully agree with that particular part of his history. Yeah, yeah I would um, relate to it, not agree with it. Really. I mean, you know, relates more of a, a better word for it, I guess. He did often make a lot of racist comments, but he also had some friends in school that were black, which that's one of the things that kind of saved me was some of my friends in school were black, and you know, um, I don't. It, it just didn't work for him, I guess. He, I guess he he took that kind of thing that you'll hear. Very often, especially among like older generation Southerners, um, and that is, they're one of the good ones, which is, <laughs> it it it's pure. It, 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 the, the older I get, and the, the more I kind of lean away from that whole mindset, the more ridiculous that sounds to me. <laughs> like it. <sighs> I can understand being pulled into racism. I mean, I, I had a very brief stint with it myself. I can't say that I'm, you know, totally not racist. No, There's probably fact, a few ideas that I have that still are disclosure, that I'm still when I came out of, And when I came out of prison, I held some, I, I held some racist ideals. Um, yeah, prison did it to me. Going I, into and, prison you know, and, and being prison, with the worst of people brought out the worst in me, and yeah, it took and, some and good prison, people on the outside to take it out. The minority is white in prison, so and because of all the bullshit that they go, they go through, and you know, it, it pre, you're 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 kind of ostracized. So you start to develop this sense, especially if you had the upbringing I did, with all the nonsense that was already living in my head. I just wasn't paying attention to it. It started a it, it started to make kind of a weird sense to me when I was in prison, but when I got out of prison, I quickly started to shed that because I started I, I started to remember like no 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 wait. <laughs> you started actually meeting fucking meeting black folks that you know don't fit that particular yeah, and, stereotype. And, yeah, and then you start like, to do, you start to learn sense. things. You know, right. I've always I've always been I've always been a, a a fan of learning things, seeing different points of view, researching things, studying things, and I did a lot more of that after I got out of prison than I did before. And it, it really changed a lot of things about me because I started learning how fucking, how much I had been lied to, not just by my parents and shit like my family, but also by the fucking school systems, by everybody, like the entire world around me pretty much lied to me my whole life. And the more yeah. I find out about it, the anger I get about it. And it's why everybody thinks I'm so like far radical left. It's like, I'm not really on right or left. A lot of my ideals align with the left, but I actually kind of consider myself outside of that spectrum. I don't, I don't participate in it, man. You, <laughs> you know, the lines right over here, just libertarian side. Yeah. The way you can like, fit in a box and it, 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 it molds around you. It, it grows and it kind of fits like a glove. Your ideas can stretch and move, but you're still kind of enveloped by the, the idea. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that, that's yeah it's it's fine it's you just you gotta be you gotta you gotta step outside of the bullshit to look at you know where did really things really get started and this kid while he had google he didn't he didn't have he had all the materials he really needed to learn the answers he was seeking but he stopped at the first source and this is the problem this is why i say google why indirectly and i don't believe they they owe any money or any like admission of guilt, but they do carry a bit of the burden, I think, and they should like work on their algorithms with that. But because of his search history and whatnot, already the algorithm had set. So when he when he typed in looking up uh, research on uh, black on white violence, it immediately sent him to what Google thought he would want, which was this conservative 
uh, Concerned Conservative Center or something like that. Um, basically, what they are is a dog whistle Ku Klux Klan news group. Um, their initials are CCC because that's, that's a quiet way of saying KKK. Uh, they are recognized by the Southern Poverty Law Center as being a hate group um, associated okay. with Klan. <laughs> on this Google thing, on this Google thing, Google at this time had been out for 12 years. Right, right. I'm not saying Google um, did this to him intentionally. No, I'm, I, no, if we're going to throw a blame toward something that needed to be um, better taken into societal needs here, like learning how to use Google <laughs> more than the first search response, um, I wouldn't say Google needs to change anything about their algorithms or anything like that because, you know, we, we generally look for the most popular thing and, you know, it pops up with the most popular thing as click-throughs or how long people read. The algorithm's doing okay there. Needs a little touch-up, but it's doing it needs okay. To learn, the algorithm needs to learn how to penetrate fucking propaganda. And I, I know that's think asking a that lot. the schools should have been teaching people how to use Google. Well, most of the school teaches ago. you propaganda. And and that's the problem. That's the problem with news, man. And that's that's honestly why why uh That's my point. This guy was a complete fucking moron and he couldn't even use the internet properly, which is the easiest tool to use to amass knowledge. That is a problem with our basic education system. Kindergartners nowadays should be able to t be taught how to fucking oh, yeah, search dude. any damn as thing soon, and research it on could, Google. As, as soon as Storm could read, I had a fucking tablet in her hand. <laughs> as soon as my daughter started asking questions, I was like, yep, here you go. This is the answer to everything, life, universe, and everything. Yep. I, I did not have Say hello to 42. Up. I have the ability to give you the entire world of knowledge. Why would I? Why would I restrain you from having that? But I do think, and and, and honestly, reading about Dylan Roof, it has made me kind of want to spend some time with Stormer to make sure she can see through propaganda on both sides. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> you, she needs to learn to see through that shit because otherwise, you know, it, it can happen to anybody. I mean, most people are. are I want to say, I, I'm starting to feel differently. I mean, even just driving in traffic, I'm starting to wonder about this. But I hope that most people have some fucking common sense. I doubt it. I'm starting to seriously doubt it. But I hope that most people have the common sense to see through it. But every, it's starting to seem less and less likely. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something that's super important. Like, Google, it's not Google's fault per se, but Google yeah, I has, can tell you don't have a Twitter account. <laughs> I, do, I, I do. Well, I'm the Stoner Point Twitter account. I, uh, yeah. Facebook is the only social media one. I'm even involved at all on, and it's just so I can look at memes mostly. You know, I follow like Sopranos memes, and <laughs> yeah, I, I mostly just look at memes. If I see a news article on Facebook, I don't click it there. If it's something that I find interesting, I will Google search it. If I read the headline, I'm like, well, that looks interesting, but I'm not clicking that fucking article. It's going to take me to some bullshit. So I'll Google and see if it's see what's up. And nine times, and and uh, well, not nine times out of ten, but seven times out of ten, it was a lie. It was it was bullshit, or it was or it was something. It was a partial truth. It's clickbait. Yeah, it's it, it's mostly clickbait. Yeah, it, and, or it's a partial. Like said, truth. It leads to a partial truth, just so they can make a story. 
yeah, that they've copy and pasted from three other stories to make their own little story. Yeah, it, it that, that's it's that, that's a big problem yeah. too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Google and Google and social media is the biggest, most powerful goddamn social uh, fucking propaganda machine ever on the face of the planet. Um, Internet was brought together to share and amass information for the betterment of humankind. I remember that very fucking and well. It has, it still and has that this capacity. This is the kind of shit that we get from it. It still has that capacity. That's the thing. It's Man, just, the first fucking thing to make money on the fucking internet or to actually share massive amounts of information was porn. And, I mean, so people started thinking in more sex positive terms. <laughs> you know, it just normalized. These are the people that you were earlier hoping had common sense. It actually normalized I mean, sex work to a to a very large degree, and exposed yeah, you, a lot you, of you like this bang bus shit and like the the uh, casting yeah. counts count stuff. What you want to know why exposed. our phones aren't small enough to fit on a little wristwatch or in a little bracelet? You want to you want to know why that's not the popular phone and why we have these big so, giant so you, monsters? So you can't beat off screen? while you're watching it. Well, the phones, they turned, they started as this big giant brick and then they got smaller to this little flip phone. And then they got yeah. smaller to this itty bitty, teeny tiny thing that went much bigger than a credit card. Yeah. And then they put a screen on it and somebody realized, wait a minute, I can watch porn on this. And now our phones have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now then. you can fold them out into practically tablets, which I right. actually really want one of those once they fucking nail that shit down right. <laughs> and these are the people that, you know, drove that industry that are creating the internet of today yeah well that in the social social media and advertising like the the algorithm you think social media is any better than porn Just uh yeah quick question i mean no uh, uh, sorry it's the other way around i think porn is actually a more wholesome and more honest fucking industry than the social media industry okay, porn okay. porn so, isn't collecting your data porn isn't it's well, radicalizing you for the most part, not, not, not with any, not with the regularity that we're seeing with say social media, right? You know, um, it, it might be radicalizing you to fucking horn you up a bit, but <laughs> it's, it's not radicalizing people to say, I don't know, shoot up churches. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely gotten worse. Yeah. I, I, I am 100% on pornography. Let that shit go. Because <laughs> there is worse things, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so maybe this particular part of this discussion might find its way into our main discussion because this is part of the issues that I think contribute to the larger picture, and some of the possible solutions that might attribute to a, a, a an actual solution. But uh, anyway, back to roof. I don't, how the fuck can we get on porn? Um, <laughs> You're only two clicks away. <laughs> That's true. Hey Google, <laughs> black cocks. Um, <laughs> uh, Roof. Oh he had, boy. He had a prior police record consisting of two arrests, uh, both made in the months preceding the attack. Um, he the first one he got called by he was at the mall in Columbia, um, dressed in all black, which I don't know why that came up, but and he was asking poise quote unsettling questions. Um, 
the police searched him and they found him with Suboxone, which is a prescription medicine for people that are like addicted to heroin or other opioids. Um, I actually support the use of Suboxone. I, I've actually seen it save one young man's life, even to the point that he was, it wasn't just the heroin he was hooked to, because after he got off the heroin, he still had that, that, that crave for the needle in his arm. So he would actually shoot up his Suboxone. Now, I, I don't, I don't encourage yeah, that. Serious. I'm sorry. Huh? I'm sorry, something serious is coming up, and I've been trying to fight laughing, so I'm trying to, to pull this together to, to actually not laugh at that yeah. particular thing that you're talking about. <laughs> um, but he, I uh, had this thought, man, but when you said that, and you blew my mind, I'm sitting there picturing everybody out there that listens to this from now into forever trying to figure out how to erase their search history. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing to actually to do every so often just so it fucks up their algorithm and they don't keep they they don't fucking like uh echo chamber you. That's actually the best advice I give a lot of people right now is like once a month go and clear your fucking search histories, clear your fucking everything except for like your passwords or whatnot you need to keep hold of, but clear everything else. And uh it, you'll you'll stu- you, you'll get less skewed results in your searches. Um, I definitely need to clear this search history to, from just today because I, I, I <laughs> oh searched up God, Dylan yes. Roof. I looked up the Sutherland shooting. Oh. I started looking into fucking Alex Jones. Next thing you know, I'm researching fascism. <laughs> so, I, yeah. And the very next page, Blackcocks. <laughs> you got to keep it. You got to, you know, the, the fascists won't see that coming, you know. <laughs> Uh, unlike the granny that I hope popped up looking at a black cock on all our fans' phones. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the suboxone. Yeah. yeah like, I don't suggest yeah, people go around shooting it up, but it, you know, for it, it got him through it. It got him through the rest of it. And right. And now he is to the best of my knowledge, as of a month ago, doing very well. He's married. He's, he's holding down a job. He's off it's the still fucking something you probably don't want to walk around with in your pocket. No, it's something you don't want to walk and, around and, with in your pocket. Unless you've been prescribed it or you're, you're actually trying to fight it and you're, you know, yeah, for some um, reason you don't feel like going to a doctor. And, you know, I can understand that. I don't, you know, tell you to do that. You know, I would suggest you go to the medical professional. Look, if you, there if for you a reason. And if you can't, but, if you don't, you know, they're giving away prescriptions of it to try to keep people, to try to turn the tide on the fucking opioid deaths. Yeah, it's it's a it's a white person problem, so we're actually trying to solve it. You know, yeah, exactly. Help. Whereas, you know, <laughs> crack, they, they they don't bother. Um, they just keep locking up the people who have it. Uh, so, but with, yeah, with Suboxone, like I said, if you're, if somebody's offering you the option of buying Suboxone or buying heroin, get the fucking Suboxone. Save your life. Um, but yeah, he was arrested for the prescription of the Suboxone for misdemeanor uh, drug possession and was subsequently banned from the from the mall for a year um he also he was investigated not arrested for parking in a downtown near a park in downtown columbia um he had the cop searched his vehicle found a forearm grip for his semi-automatic rifle and six unloaded magazines Uh, in itself not a problem but you know looking through the filter of what happens afterwards it should have at least been put into a database (laughs) Um, when he was asked about yeah, it, it was, but yeah, uh, nothing, it, there but was nothing that a paper report. Yeah, it didn't come. It didn't bring up a red flag when he, you know, was getting later on. Um, no, he when he was asked about it, he informed. But all right, so Dylan Roof, right? Um, God, this is a hard one. We keep getting ourselves sidetracked on. 
Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but there's like this one. This one actually exposes a lot of a lot of a lot of shit that that is worth talking about. Because this one, it wasn't just mental health or you know ostracization or brain tumor. There's a lot of things that are prevalent in society that that have that that led to this one. You know. Um, yeah, this one could have been any kid USA kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was. Uh, it was no. There was no charges filed on him for the AR-15. Um, well, the AR-15 uh, forearm grip and the unloaded magazines. Um, he, like I said, he said he didn't have enough money to buy an AR-15. So the cop was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever. This is just weird, but not illegal." Um, then he went back. He got arrested for trespassing at the mall he wasn't supposed to go to. <laughs> um, they his his arrest then was initially written as a felony, which yeah, the one back in March. Yeah, um, it was legally a misdemeanor charge and incorrectly written as a felony. He said uh, that he could have potentially been prohibited from buying firearms under a law that barred unlawful users uh of or addicted to any controlled substance for owning firearms. So we're putting another pin in this one. Um, Now this is this is (laughs) a point where I gotta say that, you know, I always look a little bit farther than just um one source folks, because this here is a typo. Um his March arrest, he wasn't arrested in March. Yeah, it was in July. Right? Speaking in July, in the July fifth, Ruth's March arrest was first written as a felony. Let me see here. Let me let me go There's straight to the source. There's a comma there. Let me go straight to the source. Uh, oh well. God damn it. Yeah, it's 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 hard to get right to the source on that one, but. All right, so what what's the information you have that's that, that says different? Let's oh, it was just the, it was just the date. It, it was his February. He wasn't arrested in March. Then March was the incident where he was you know tra- right, just right. parking. Okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was in February when he was arrested for the yeah, the, the prescription the dates just and got shit. Transposed. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's an edited thing. Yeah, but if somebody doesn't pay attention, it's just bringing back on the thing, folks. You got to look farther than the words you read. Yeah, yeah. That was that and was. I all. knew what they were referring to, so I didn't think much more on it. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about the fucking Suboxone arrest. Um, yep. <laughs> so I didn't really look more on it. Uh, the 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 month that happened that wasn't that important to me. So yeah. So but thank you, Mike. Point that journalistic integrity. Um, <laughs> my problem is with the law that makes it to where if you are a unlawful user to any controlled substance, that includes marijuana. Um, <laughs> and I, I well, gotta, if we live in a free society, um, you know, why are there controlled anything that, that, that is also true, but that also, because they can't, they, they can't limit uh, gun rights to particular peoples, right? So what these play, a lot of these, a lot of these like real backwards places, instead of saying, well, we don't like black people having guns because the, the, the Panther scared the shit out of white America. <laughs> uh, you know, um, they scared the shit out of them. So they started making, they, they, they cracked down on drug laws and really started to use the drug laws to increase uh, activity activity. 
in poor, mostly black neighborhoods, right? Therefore, when they catch a black person with a drug, they were able to, even if they didn't get charged with a felony, they were able to strip them of their fucking gun rights, their, their, their constitutional ability to own a firearm. Um, it, it's a roundabout way, and yeah, they, they swept up some people that they didn't really care about their gun rights or not, but it definitely put a hurting in the black community being able to openly carry firearms. Um, and it's not just that I, I split fucking pot. Now it. I'm also a felon, so I are, I can't own firearms anyway, and I don't live in South Carolina. But you know, I don't I don't know if they have that rule here that you get a pest, you get piss tested or whatever, you know, for getting a gun. Um, definitely if you have any fucking criminal charges about drugs, I don't know how it works in North Carolina because I, I was a felon by the time any of this became relevant. And like no, I said, you just got to go and uh, ask the sheriff. You know, get sheriff permission basically to to get the okay for the permit, and you know, as long as you're not a felon and you know violent history, you know, then you know you get okayed, and then you go through the background check, and you know, if you're not a felon, you know, you're good. Yeah, I think the they have the mental health thing where if you haven't been actually diagnosed, then you're good, but if you have, then they actually look into that part i'm not sure about that it has been a couple of years i think i remember seeing something about that but when i realized i can't get a weapon i I stopped looking so deep yeah and like i said that's one of my biggest problems with the the um the 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 drug law the drug war in general is uh the 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 you the use of the drug of the drug laws and drug related laws to further militarize the police force and to further restrict people's rights um to further restrict their ability to be to have the same freedoms as anybody else to restrict their ability to fight back um that like whether you agree with you know the fact that that the drug laws are being enforced unfairly or not you cannot deny that it has had that effect Um, absolutely and i would argue that that would definitely be a point of uh, a wake up basically for that particular community to say enough is enough. It's time for you know me to take my stance on the opposite side of that. Agreed. Agreed. And, and I, if, I if that means exercising that to a right, even though it's against a repugnant law, then, you know, well, see, they tried that, right? The Panthers were very anti-drug. Um, you know, they were there, they, they, they saw it as a way that the police were trying to use to, to destroy the, to, to further infiltrate and tear up their community. And it could be argued that with the, uh, crack epidemic and the ensuing gang wars and for, and like increased militarization of the police afterwards, they, they succeeded at it. And they, they've torn the, they, they also destroyed the, the leadership and whatnot of the black Panther party that existed at the time and other similar groups that encouraged, you know, um, th- these communities to fucking like stand up for themselves and to stay off of this shit and to build their, build the communities back. They encouraged everything else though. You know what I mean? So it's like they, they, they didn't do it. Them, they didn't literally go in there and force everybody. They didn't force anybody to smoke crack, but they made it, they, they made it an easier way. You know what I mean? They, they, they definitely, they, they tipped the scales we'll get in there we'll have to do a whole episode on the drug war maybe a whole other one on the iran contra crack cocaine connection yeah it's going to get touched on in the uh the following you know the good discussion about the uh gun 
culture, laws, and you know, rights, the whole big enchilada after this little mini series here. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm and, pretty sure that's going to come up as one of the topics as it should. Yeah, and the and the drug war is actually something it's a topic I've always been very interested in and very passionate about. Um <laughs> it, when I was yeah, a, when I was a teenager and I first started smoking pot, I, I very much considered myself a member of the counterculture. And I still do, just not so much of the drug counterculture that I used to be like with that, but it's I do still see that that I, I do still see that as a basic count right that you know has been used taken away from us and used against people unfairly um well, when anybody states that they're declaring war on something that a free society has chosen that they wish to participate with i've got a problem yeah um, now being Here's as part question. of this supposed free society and reading the documents that made this a supposed free society i've got a big problem with that yeah. so. now that that drug law should have potential should have prevented roof from buying firearms. It wasn't used against him. It wasn't used. Lives were lost because they unfairly applied the law. Do I think the law was unfair to begin with? Fucking absolutely. But at least apply it fairly. Right. Tell me that had Dylan roof been, you know, uh, a 19 year old. Supposedly it was only supposed to be a misdemeanor charge. Well, UCLA law professor Eugene Volok said that it is unclear whether his misdemeanor possession charge would have meant that he met the definition. But you mean to tell me that a 19 year old black kid from the hood go in with a drug record like that, the exact same record, the exact same background? I'm pretty sure nobody would have looked any deeper to say, wait a minute, that's not a felony. <laughs> he would not have got he would he would have not walked away with a gun no that felony would have stuck there and absolutely that, and and to me that that it, it shows that like the systemic racism it, it's <laughs> that is that is what they mean when they say systemic racism um but what happened and if happened, you ever point that out and show that that happens folks you know i will armor up and stand beside you yeah now this is this is one of the cases the few cases where i've been able to say Look at this. <laughs> yeah, I will never say it doesn't exist. I know damn well it does. I just, this you know, is, from this my is, own perspective, and this is from a freaking white guy. I am a white guy here. So my perspective is very limited. But from my perspective, the systemic racism is probably not one of the biggest issues we have in this country. I will admit that it is a problem. And if you ever point it out to it me that this is happening, much larger I problem. will get there with you. I believe it is a symptom of a much larger problem. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it clearly shows that there's something that there, there's deeper issues. Um, but at the end of the day, it happened. He got his gun. Um, and like the, the gun didn't do it. It's not the gun's fault. It's the fact that they had this ridiculous law that could have stopped this from happening. And it didn't, but on the evening of June 17th, uh, he goes down to the Bible study at this church, um, and he's he's like you know he's welcomed in. You know, I mean, like churches. I have to say this about churches, and you won't hear me say many often kind things about them, right? Um, but there's been times in my life where I you know was I had to walk fucking 15 miles in the summer. I have never been turned away from walking up to a church and drinking water from their back spigot. I have never been told, you know, that I could not sit on a church step and take a rest. 
um, if anything, they'll invite you in, you know, sometimes. I've never, you know, and if somebody's showing up for prayer, well, that's a chance to you know, to spread, spread the message of Jesus or, you know, to further uh, spread out your congregation. They will bring you in. They welcomed him in this church with open arms. All his, all his petty racism shit, all the shit he believed, that should, have, that should have cracked a chink in that. These people brought him in, set him down, set down with him in the circle, you know, was praying with him, yeah. um, was sympathetic with him. It, it's really fucking disgusting that he fucking didn't at least stop to think, wait a second. You know, these people are not the people I've been reading about. These people are not the people I've been writing about in my nonsense fucking uh, manifesto. Um, by the way, his manifesto was basically, he basically states that he got radically, he looked up the whole Trayvon Martin thing and he decided, well, what's the, what's the other end of the statistics? What, you know, instead of white on black violence, how much black on white violence is got immediately sent to this fucking racist ass group and their fucking articles on it. And they're, they're fucking extremely skewed and false. In fact, I, I, I looked into that shit, but the, the numbers he was reading, most of them were fucking false. Um, so he gets radicalized. He goes in there he, he, and he just starts shooting. Um, primarily, uh, one of his friends actually tried to hide his gun from him at one point cause he was always talking about wanting to go shoot up this college, but it comes down to, he had the college had more security and I think he felt more secure in a, a smaller environment like this church where he could go in, be kind of enclosed. You know, there wasn't like, can't colleges have campus police. Well, there's no church police. Um, so he, he thought he could, you know, pull it off and he did. He, uh, he shot several people. Um, he shot, he shot 10 people and, 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 and then he ran, um, all of his, everything he said about it is been that it was about race. He, he you know, his, his website with all his Heil Hitler shit, um, he, he said right before yeah, it, this kid was smart enough to start up a website. Yeah. Uh, last Rhodesia and hide the owner. And for, for those, for those of you who don't really understand why the website name itself is fucking offensive. Um, Rhodesia was what was called home. And I'm a piece of shit now because I can't remember the country it's called now. Um, okay. But it used to be, it was called Rhodesia under the colonial influence and whatnot. And it was a very racist colony. Like, the 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 British who held South it. Africa went during the apartheidian time. Yeah, it was apartheid apartheid yeah, time. It, it was it was yeah. racial segregation like in the South on a massive scale on a nationwide scale. Um, it was horrible. It was a horrible thing, and they have gone through like a lot of things. It's basically now the Rhodesian flag is now kind of a dog whistle for your white supremacists, basically saying that well the blacks had it better under colonial British rule. And it's like, no, they were being, they, the reason that they were being fucking decimated, they were being enslaved, they were being raped, they were fucking, they were being forced into diamond mines. It was fucking horrible. Um, but yeah, so the whole Rhodesian flag, the last Rhodesian.com, all that shit is like a dog whistle for white power. Um, so he had that shit all over his website and his manifesto, which was on his website, which, uh, so, the, what? White. National white supremacists are working for the British crown under colonial law. 
No, they're not. It, it's a met. Well, maybe they are, but the the concept was that they're they're using it as saying that uh, it was a white held territory. It was under co- white colonial rule, right? It wasn't, and as so was a British colony, right? They're basically saying, give it back to the white people, take it back away from the Africans. They're saying they don't deserve their own country. They don't get to name their own land. Um, and they're they're also okay. saying that apartheid and the fucking the whole blood diamond shit that was going on under colonial British rule, they're it, you're, they're siding with that. They're they're taking the wrong side. They're you know. A, a bunch, two a fronts, bunch. yeah, yeah. It you know, it, it's like it's like flying the Nazi flag in America. You're not saying that you wish Nazi Germany was great, but you are saying that, hey, this is my way of identifying with other white supremacists. You know, because it it's that it it goes back to that colonialist white supremacist ideal of uh the the oh God, what's it called? The uh, not eminent domain, um. Basically, where like because you're a member of this particular group, you're ordained to manifest destiny. Okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah. They they tie it all up at manifest destiny, like it's supposed to be a white world. Um, yeah. So he uh, he said in his uh, manifest, which I'm not going to go through all of it, but um, his he basically ends it with, uh, "I have no choice. I'm not in the position to alone." go into the ghetto and fight i chose charleston because it is the most historic city in my state and at one time had the highest ratio of blacks to whites in the country we have no skinheads no real kkk no one doing anything but talking on the internet well someone has to have the bravery to take it to the real world and i guess it has to be me coincidentally those are damn near the first identical words that he said in his police interview yep like he was really proud of that one or he studied it. Do what? Or he studied it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably had to think really hard to write all those. Those are a lot of big words that he used incorrectly to say some horrible things. <laughs> so I've, I listened to that police interview. Now, See, that's really listen, the only, the only time you get talks. to listen to him talk. I did um, listen to this him kid, talk. This kid was way too fucking stupid to do that shit by himself, man. I mean, the the running of the uh, the website and all that good stuff. There's no fucking way this kid come up with all that shit. Well, I actually tried to find like, um, how he built the website. I actually because you you mentioned something that in our text messages, and I'm like, yeah, I I, I can't I could not find really anything about his ability to do things like that now. There are, for instance, you know, there are things like, uh, hell, we have. A, a, yeah, there's web hosting devices that you. That there are, are, there you, are hosting you, pages. You know, remember uh, back in the day we had like Angel Fire? And, yeah, uh, yeah. And there was, yeah. I think, GoDaddy. Yeah. You know, so well, there Go are. Was, yeah. You know, there are ways to do it. And he also grew up during the time of, uh, for instance, my uh, MySpace, which much more so than Facebook now, MySpace. Very much gave everybody their own web page. I mean, you set up the web, the, the design, you, the HTMLs, and everything. Um, you basically it's set up a web page. So it can't we're, be. We're, too, it couldn't be too hard. But I found no real, other than the fact that he clearly had these websites that trace back to his IP address. I couldn't find anywhere where he had like you know any kind of like specialized learning ability in it. Um, he may have had. You talking about somebody who couldn't go more than one click in Google, bro? He may have had a friend, you know, that helped him do it. 
And you know, then there there is the conspiratorial thing of you know he he was pushed along in it by some unknown thing, um, some someone who like intentionally led him once he was radicalized. He went on after because see, there's another thing here. Um, he he also spent a lot of time on what's called Stormfront.org. Now I'm very familiar with Stormfront.org. Um, they are a outright fucking uh white power uh res- resistance type thing um they actually even have their own linux distro called uh i think it's called stormfront but it's they 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 are all about uh, in fact they they're they're ones that have popularized the t-shirts you'll see in a lot of places that say white pride they've tried to say that oh, well it's not about white power and it's not about supremacy it's about being proud to be white and it's like yeah but look at the logo <laughs> When when you're when you have white pride on the front and a fucking SS on the back, it's ah, what are you really saying though? You know, are you saying white <laughs> pride, and are you just using that as a way to try and cover up your racism a little bit? Because the SS thing on the back doesn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> man, the first thing I popped onto when I started looking into this kid was his police interview because that was the first thing that popped up on the uh, the YouTube algorithm and like I said I, I'm doing most of this while I'm driving around doing my job um, so I listen to a lot of stuff instead of popping up websites to read and most of mine for the yeah, background yeah. is you know, just listening to stuff uh, and the first thing I listened to was you know two hours of this kid talking in a, to the police and you know, you know, I was like there's no fucking way this is the kid that did this shit well, yeah, that was my yeah. first thought, just listening to him talk. Well, that's why I so bring up I actually had to start looking into stuff. And and when I when I did, and it was more of the stuff that he did that, that was discovered later. And I'm like, this not the kid that I was listening to talk. He he doesn't have the the he doesn't have the brain think uh, the ability to think in a way that would lead him down that particular path. He's more along the lines of the kid that I would talk into doing stupid shit at school, so I wouldn't get in trouble for it. Yeah, and see, that's why that if 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 he did not act alone, if somebody did help him put this website together and radicalize him even further, um, then it was somebody he met on a uh, on Stormfront's forum side. Like, so they have there's a lot of like uh, 4chan style forums and like chat rooms all yeah, over. It could the, be something like that. All over the Stormfront network. So all he had to do was get access to the Stormfront network, and which is not hard, and uh, and it's it's as simple as a Google search. Although I would suggest anybody stay the far away from them fucks. Um, yeah, I just get the feeling that this kid had a bad day at school. Maybe some, maybe the 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 black football jock fucking pushed him out of the way or stole I, his and, girlfriend and or whatever. That's the type of thing that will certain people that are already on the edge. That's the type of thing that will push them. And that all it push, takes yeah. is that is that anger that that and one then does, somebody at uh, one the, he he went to looking into these websites and he found you know somebody that he said something about somebody that happened and some racist piece of shit started talking to him and started grooming him into a exactly. racist. That's well, the I mean, feeling I that he I got. Was already a racist, but he was he was groomed into a radical racist. Um, <laughs> that, that I don't think that I honestly don't think he was any more of a racist than the average white kid at that time in that yeah, particular well, like area. I, said, I, I believe that not saying that ain't racist. I'm I, just saying I don't I believe, think he stood I, out black, as a racist. Like his black friends, I think he would he he'd consider them the good ones. You know what I mean? He still yeah. I've got opinions. some black friends, kind of racist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And I think he was, he was already that type of a racist. But that type of racist, look at me, that type of racist can be saved. That type of racist can come back from that. I, I was Usually not, it is. You know, it, all it takes is a couple of good black friends to make you realize, hey, you're a piece of shit and you need to think about something. Yeah, I've been lied to is what came down with me. But he had somebody, <laughs> if he had any help, he had somebody, it was somebody on Stormfront that was whispering in his ear. Alex Jones, uh, so Alex Jones' expert analysis on the Charleston church shooting was that <laughs> it was a false flag, <laughs> as usual, uh, perpetrated in order to, you know, take our gun rights. They're coming for our gun rights, you know. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're coming for our guns. And that was, that was Alex Jones' thing. That was part of some, like, liberal elite plot. And it never really. Well, you know, if they didn't come for the guns every single time a tragedy happened, he probably wouldn't come to those kind of conclusions. (laughs) But they haven't saved people yet. And in fact, in this case, is proof that they're not applying the gun laws that are. Uh, No, but they they already had. We're way past. We're way past the uh, the assault weapons ban. We're way past the automatic weapons bans. Well, we're. They're, we've they, they've been coming after the guns since you know the the eighties at least. Yeah, but, but you yeah. still have them. <laughs> People are still well, getting they, them. That's because we, like, they, we like still fight for them. We fight for them, and then we give up a little bit, and then we fight for them, and we fight for them, and we give up a little bit. Yeah, and well, it's, it's it's like the drug laws, man. Just because they made it illegal, nobody stopped having drugs. Nobody. Yeah, but. The government isn't given any <laughs> on any part. Once they get it, they don't give it back. <laughs> oh, but then you have people who just do what they want to do anyway. And that's why I say gun laws are ineffective at, at, at the most. Now, like, if they really well, wanted to do something. There's a big difference between walking around the corner and smoking a joint or, you know, as you know, most people do now, just walk down the street fucking vaping it Fuck, or, yeah. you know, and walking around with a fucking nice shiny revolver on your hip not even trying to conceal it just walk down the damn street with a revolver on your damn hip yeah. see how people treat you but you know, yeah. some people were like hell yeah good job the other people will walk across the fucking street to stay away from you because you know for some reason you're the scary boogeyman all of a sudden yeah um a lot of white supremacy well, well two two big white supremacist organizations other than the ones that named themselves after his fucking dumb haircut um said that they weren't responsible for it but they also said well he has legitimate grievances oh his his point is valid it's like but he didn't though when you read his his grievances and you look up the numbers that he was looking at his grievances were not legitimate <laughs> they were just racist grievances it, it, yeah you know, he spends most of his time talking about what, what's called white flight which is a racist thing to talk it it, it, it the white flight actually is what is a nice, you know, a nice racist way of saying redlining, which was the way that they fucking pushed all the black people into one community after segregation ended. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how they did it. It, it. It's another fucking dog whistle when they're talking about white flight. Oh, the white people had to run. I haven't suburbs heard that to be safe. <laughs> well, they had to, they had to run all, all the white people had to run to the suburbs to be safe. And it's not safe for the white people living in the city. Well, that that you're you're talking about redlining, and the people who did that were white people. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, his uh, his attack was 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 treated as a hate crime, and it was. Uh, he was 
captured 245 miles from the shooting scene um, with the 45 caliber pistol uh, during the arrest. But it wasn't apparent if it was the same one used in the attack, which I guess I failed to mention that. He never did manage to, you know, <laughs> get his fucking AR. Um, no. <laughs> this is one of the times he didn't have 50 guns. This, and though this piece we do talk a lot about the AR-15, you know, on these particular talks, we have brought that particular weapon up or that style of weapon up several times, and it yeah. is, you know, it is a it's the most popular weapon system in the United States. Yeah, it's effective. Um, so it, it's effective, but, and that's why. And, you know, and it's, but it's like they, they're trying to blame if, that, blame it on them. And it's like, no, it's not the assault rifles' fault. They just you can't you can't hmm. fault them for making an efficient tool. You, you can't even though, even on that even on that argument, you, we're 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 cherry picking. Remember, we're cherry picking. Um, of all the shootings that have happened, the AR-15 is not the one that is chosen most. It is the lowly handgun, as yeah. in used in this particular example. And the Virginia Tech. Yep. Um, yeah, the handgun and uh, Columbine had a fucking deer rifle. Yeah, so, you know, the AR-15, big, bad, scary, very effective weapon. Yes, it is designed to kill people. That that That's the whole idea of a weapon. And when you're in a fight for your life and the cops haven't showed up yet, do you want it to be a fair fight? Hell to the fuck no. You want that bitch one-sided to the point where you think you're cheating. AR-15 is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so he was charged both federally with the hate crime and whatnot and uh, in the state. And here's here, here's one thing I will say the Justice Department actually impressed me with, right? Um, now, one day we can have discussions about the death penalty. I, I, I'd love to actually solidify an opinion on it because I'm, I'm kind of wishy-washy with the death penalty. Um, I'm not. If they had given him the federal death penalty and the state death penalty, right? And later on, the federal death penalty got overturned, which often happens. Um and say the state changed its laws at this point in time, then it's actually possible that he could have walked. So what happened was the, the state basically said, all right, you won't face the death penalty in South Carolina if you, you know, plead guilty or whatnot. You'll get nine life, nine consecutive life sentences. So he pleaded guilty to that. And then the feds gave him the death feds gave him the death penalty for his. So in case he ever gets out of federal prison alive, he will die in a South Carolina prison. And that is one of the few times the American justice system has fucking succeeded. <laughs> um, I thought that he took the life, he plead guilty in South Carolina. Yes. So that he would actually be held in South Carolina and not have to well, go no, to federal the, prison. Um, <clears throat> there, there was the, the, the district attorney intended to seek the death penalty for him because more than two people were killed in the shooting. And those were yeah, they risk, wanted the death right? penalty. Yeah, but he he plea deal to a guilty plea instead to of fighting avoid it. being yeah. sentenced to death. Right. Right. Well, yeah. he didn't. You know, so they 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 went ahead and they said, "All right, so we're not going to put you in trial. We'll get we'll take your plea deal. Uh, we'll give you the nine counts of murder, and you'll get nine consecutive life sentences." Right. Uh, the so to, to me, I've got a completely backwards view on it. The, the Wilson said that the plea deal was an insurance policy in the event that his federal death sentence were ever overturned, as it assures that Roof will die in prison. And the well, federal government didn't give him a plea deal. 
If, if the federal government would have and has or at any point would have appealed the death penalty to where he wouldn't get death, it would have commuted itself back to the life sentences. Yeah, it, it just in this he would have still been in jail. Right. He, he well, but, you know, he would. And if he ever got the thing is that way, if he ever gets out of federal, it's like if Charles Manson would have ever gotten out of federal prison, he would have been free. Um, <laughs> you know, because uh, because of the you, way the whole you, his whole shit works, you you don't get out of jail on a death penalty oh, unless you find that you've been wrongly convicted, of course, and then you know, hey, lovely, we finally fixed something. But you know, my yeah, this is a travesty of the Justice Department to me, brother. Because you know, to me, if 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 you admit to guilt, and he did, I don't care if you did it or not. If you admit to it, and it's murder, you know, you're dead. You know, there's there's the room right over there. You know, take your clothes off before you enter the room because you're not coming out um, that fast. Um, oh, if mean, we've got video proof like this jackass over here in Tennessee, you know, in Memphis, that's live streaming himself Jesus, shooting somebody. Well, yeah, you don't even get a fucking trial. You, know, you already admitted your guilt well, live is, though, on fucking Facebook. Slope, though, not, but that to me, because he had it on video, that is a slippery slope. Once we start denying trials for people. Okay, you know, so you get a trial, but it's okay. You but you already admitted your guilt, so you know there's the door. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at least they should at least have their day in court. They should have a trial because okay, as soon yeah. as we t start okay. taking that away, as soon as we start chipping but, away at that, you know. Let's just admit that if you've already admitted your guilt by producing live video of the event to the public, there's no debate on your guilt or innocence. Well, it's a sentencing think, by then. But you also so you have, get a trial, but it's a sentencing. But then you also have all your all your uh, deep fake people and your fucking and, and all that shit that would that would come up at that point. Well, this could be no. A deep your phone fake shows you're there. Your video shows you did it, and that person is dead. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have to do. We'll have to get into the death penalty on its own episode. It is a yeah. it is a very debate. It, to me, it's a topic that isn't talked about enough. Um, cause like I said, and I'm wishy-washy on it. I have, I have mixed views on the death penalty. There are some people I believe deserve the death penalty. And then there's people who have been executed who are innocent. So, uh, yes, that that's a completely different problem. That that's not a, that's not the morality of the death penalty problem. That is a problem with right, the way well, that we determine guilt and how fast we execute somebody on questionable cases. Right, right, and I, it, it's something like I said. It's not so much about the death in itself. It's just if we are unable to responsibly use it, <laughs> you know. To me, one innocent person being murdered on the being killed in the gas chamber for a crime they did not commit is one is is, is too many. That's one too many. Yes, absolutely. In anybody time, in jail no for a crime they didn't commit is at, a problem. At, at that point in time, you are no different than anybody else who fucking murders someone. Held everybody the the fucking the jury for the jury that handed down the sentence the the, the prosecuting the, the prosecutors the judge they should all be charged with fucking murder at that point because that is what they have fucking done they have murdered I, I agree <laughs> I agree which uh, and if you actually held that to the accountability level then the rate of death I bet you it will if all of a sudden they're looking the at the death, death penalty, penalty themselves. If they have to say, look, if I sentence this man to death, the burden of proof would be much higher. And that's what I think. Absolutely. I mean, the burden I, of proof needs to be undeniable before you give somebody the death absolutely. penalty. And if you're if you should be, you should be, you should, if you fucking throw somebody in jail, give them the death penalty and they are executed and it is found out they're innocent, 
you should face the fucking same death penalty. You, you, now you have murdered somebody, and we have proof that you were involved in it, so you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet you things change. <laughs> you're going to be on the fast track because we no have a paper trail rabbit, leading right to you. It ain't no yes. fun when the rabbit's got the gun, and they have done nothing for the past hundred years but try to make sure the rabbit don't get the gun. <laughs> that that's that's the thing you know <laughs> um, right <laughs> but yeah uh you know the, his lawyers filed a motion arguing that federal capital punishment laws were unconstitutional which happens in every federal capital punishment case it even happened in timothy mcveigh's case um and hell there was there was a timothy mcveigh i mean it almost worked <laughs> like they, they almost they almost let him off the fucking chair you know uh <laughs> They came close. They actually, uh, it got postponed, I believe, because there was uh, a bunch of shit that the feds like kind of withheld from, uh, from discovery. And a lot of it, I think had to do with the other person that was with McVeigh, but we'll, we'll get into the Oklahoma city another time. Um, but yeah, that pretty much, he got, he got beat up in prison. <laughs> that, surprise, surprise. Like huh. I said, this is the, I mean, he, he's spending time in South Carolina instead of damn uh, federal prison. Yeah, I, ain't no way in hell I'd have took that. I'd have stayed in federal. Okay, you might kill me in 20 fucking years, but I'm in federal prison. Well, no, prison. dude, he actually got, he was beat. It, it actually happened at the Charleston County Detention Center. He was well, in. Well, yeah, and it ain't going to be no better in a, in a state in, penitentiary. He was in county jail. Now, somebody at the federal prison, if he was like maximum security federal lockdown, he wouldn't have been beaten. He would have been killed. <laughs> like this guy, this guy like kicked his ass, beat the shit out of him and then fucking bonded out. <laughs> like he went home, you know, 18 months after, uh, the, actually the day after he beat up roof, he had been sitting in jail for 18 months. He beats the shit out of Dylan roof and, uh, gets released on a thousand hundred thousand dollar bond the next day. Uh, roof and his yeah, attorney yeah. didn't decide not to press charges. Probably because Roof would have been fucking killed <laughs> for present charges. Probably. He deserves to have his ass kicked every day. Every day. Like, by by the biggest, blackest people in there, beat his ass every fucking day. He deserves it. Yeah, Is he going to make him more racist? Sure. But fuck him. <laughs> he does, he, it's he's, okay. The black people he's hanging around with now don't like him either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's no longer he, he he's no longer a threat to innocent people and in, uh, you know praying at church that welcomed him open armed. He's no longer a threat to them. He's a little fucking pissant nobody. Beat his ass. You know, don't don't shank him. Don't kill him. Let this let the fucking government take care of that. If you're in fe- if you're in federal fucking death if you're a federal inmate on death row right now listening to this, you know, and especially if if you're a person of color, what are they going to do to you? You know, just beat the shit out of him any chance you get. Um, <laughs> he ain't going to be around too long anyway, because I guarantee you he will be put to death. Uh, his fucking shit, like they're going to make an example of him because during his his trial is should have already done it. They should have already done it, but because of like the shit we were just talking about, it takes a long time to execute people in most places, including the and federal that's government. What, that's the problem. This kid admitted guilt. It, it, right, it shouldn't have been that big he pled, hard an issue. He admitted guilt in the interview. He admitted guilt in court. He still admits guilt the last time they interviewed him. Kill this motherfucker already. Yeah. Exactly. And inmates who aren't on death row, don't kill them. Let the fucking government do it. They're going to. 
let them t- let them carry that fucking karma. You know, <laughs> don't don't add any time to your sentence. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, that's the end of uh, Dylan Roof. Fuck him. Um, fuck his friends. Yeah. Fuck Stormfront. Fuck the uh. Oh, what the fuck was that website? I want to make sure. I I, I get. I, I I'm sure I get hate mail from the right people. Um, Absolutely, any neo-Nazi, neo-Nazi wannabe, fucking yeah. Hey, yeah, look, yeah. I'm okay with the Confederate flag. I don't believe you. You know, some of these symbols that are being used are, you know, as bad as they should be. But you know, I mean, if you're going to fly it, you better be able to back up your fucking reason for flying it. And I mean, intellectually, not just say, "Oh, it's a heritage." No, no you better have good a better enough. goddamn reason you, than that. You got to tell me no, why your heritage. heritage why, why heritage, heritage is probably yeah. not the argument you want to use because yeah, that just you, you, kind of believes that you, yeah, you that were born into this me, shit. No. You have to explain to me why your heritage of, of centuries of racism, slavery, and oppression is more important than the African-American's heritage of being systematically oppressed and slaughtered and fucking lynched. Like, um, there was, I think it was Bobby Seale, so when, I, when he was talking about the, uh, he was one of the founders of the Black Party, Black Panther Party. He said about the Confederate flag, when I see that flag, I don't see your heritage. I don't see that. When I see that flag, Hagen, I don't see your heritage. I see my ancestor hanging from a tree with a bunch of lily white motherfuckers like you standing around him laughing. How is his heritage less important? <laughs> at, 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 what point time, at what point in time do you look, look back and say, you know what? People in my past, people, my ancestors, maybe not even my ancestors specifically, but the people who flew this flag initially, I don't need to be a part of that heritage. You know what I mean? And like I said, you want to, if you want to fly a Nazi flag in your front yard, by all means, you have every right, but just admit what you are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or have a good goddamn reason of explaining it. You know what I say? You have the freedom to do what you want, but other people also have those same freedoms. And the freedoms of neither side should be infringed as long as, you know, you're not hurting each other. If you want to fly a Nazi flag in your yard, fine. But be prepared to fucking explain it. You know? Yeah, I believe everybody has a right for their own feelings, including assholes that have the wrong ones. I mean, you're you're entitled to be wrong. I mean, it's it's your right and your freedom. You, know, you have the freedom of speech. You, know, you have freedom of expression. That's That follows with it. But like I said, yeah, you, there's also consequences to shit. Um, you got to remember that. Absolutely. You're, you you're, know, you're, you're, free, guys, you're free to express yourself. You are not yeah. free from the consequences of expressing yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you walk up to the wrong person and say the wrong word, he's going to lay you on your fucking ass, and he deserves every fucking right to do so. Um, but them is his fighting words, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Again. and I believe that particular one is actually would be actually held up in court. So yeah, uh, yeah, anybody that lays somebody on their ass, take it to court. Yeah, let them let them take you to court over it. And yeah, seriously, make, them make, them's fighting words. Make them admit in open court. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, but, by the yeah. way, the website is the Council of Conservative Conservative Citizens. They, yeah. Fuck the, them too. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, all right, so now we're moving on to this next piece of shit. <laughs> well, one one quick little tiny thing for a small little breather, not a, very much, but uh, it's another shooting. Yes, yeah, so not not a big breather. Um, but I just wanted this to bring in the in between these two here, man. Uh, there was a shooting. Um, uh, what town was it? Come on, tell me what town it was. Uh, just outside of Fort Worth. Um. 
it doesn't tell me the exact year. I think this was a 220, you know, not as old as these, but uh, yeah, there was a, a, a another church sheeting. Surprise, surprise. Don't look up church sheetings for Texas. Oh my God. You know, you'll never find the right one. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling um, you, man, they have the highest number of, um, uh, and, and this might actually have something to do with their church shootings. All right, let me break this down a little bit. All right, so they have the <laughs> highest number of mega churches in the United States. They also have the highest number of voting conservative Christians in the United States. Uh, Texas, because it has such a large populous area with their schools and whatnot, they actually set the standard for the um, for most of the textbooks in the nation, right? So anything that the far Christian conservative groups of Texas, you know, decide they want to teach to your kids, to their kids, is what you're getting teached all over the country. Um, so Texas, they have a very strong Christian, like evangelical, far, far right Christian, uh, following and they're, it, it, yeah. So the fact that there's a lot of shoot, church shooting in Texas, while I was unaware of this does not surprise me because there's a lot of churches doing a lot of fucking weird shit in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, it kind of brings up the argument. If we're going to ban guns, we might want to ban Texas churches. Cause you know, I think we should ban they're, Texas. they're in the news almost as much. I, I, I think we should give Texas back to Mexico. <laughs> we took it. Reparations there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we took it in a military action as an invasion. Uh, we well, went to yeah. war. We went to war with Germany over invading Poland. So I, I, I really don't see the difference between our invasion of Texas and the German invasion of Poland, minus maybe the death camps. But that could be argued that it just took a couple hundred years for the death camps to be built. Um, I'll take it back to one of our uh, earlier, uh, very one of our very first releases. Actually, our first um, release was the teaser. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we need to extend the southern border. Let's just welcome Mexico into the fold. You know. Oh yeah. So yeah, we took Texas, Texas, but hey, you you get half of you get to live there, and we can't say shit about it. Just you know, bring the whole country. You know, let's let's make up for it. Bring the whole goddamn country with you. Yeah. Build up their build build them up first, because we don't want we we don't want that you know the overall poverty that we've allowed to go fucking unchecked in Mexico. Because you know a lot of it has to do with our own policies. (laughs) Like we we created a lot of the problem in Mexico. So fix that. And then take it because you don't want something that you already broke. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, go on. What's with what's with this uh, f- this Texas church shooting? Well, this this fella um, decided that he wanted to join the uh, ranks of church shooters, um, and he whipped out his weapon inside and started shooting. And very quickly, two uh, parishioners of the church uh, that were kind of there for security at this particular time, they decided to bring their weapons, and they took him down post-haste, uh, where only two people were, unfortunately, still two people lost their lives, but it it stopped there uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's so, just one, a little bit of good news in all this. Sometimes, you know, the, the guns yeah, do it, it the was good work. One of, one of the times Trump said something I agreed with when they got on about this next thing we're going to talk about. Um, they were like, well, you know, they, he, he got on with the, everybody that was trying to ban the guns. He was like, well, if it wasn't for guns, then he would have killed a lot more people. He's absolutely yeah. right. Um, you know, like, but <laughs> he was right. It really messes up a shooter's plans when people start shooting back. It, it does. It does. Um, but then again, look at what happened to, um, 
uh, Charles Whitman and the police that were trying to get to him. <laughs> you know, like the people. But how many lives would have been lost had those people not been shooting up to keep him pinned down a little bit more? Yeah, it, it, it definitely. He definitely. It definitely reduced the body count. You know, man. I like. I, I'm like I said. I am in no. I am in no way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, in in favor of banning guns. I just believe that a lot of changes. And I'm not in favor change. of vigilantism either. Um. Yeah, you, know, you don't go hunting them down. You don't go chasing no, them down. No, you, none you of end the, the problem. No, we've, we need to get rid of the the lynch mob mentality in this country. For yeah, you end sure. the problem and it's done. Um, but yeah. Here. All right. So our next one uh, is the Sutherland Springs church shooting of New Braunfels, Texas. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now this one, I I only heard about one aspect of this shooting. I didn't know his name. I didn't know the number of victims. Um, this one was highly politicized on both sides. Um, like I, I I sat there and like when I started reading it, when I was reading about him. I got there was a little bit more of a panic because I was like, wait a second, now he's getting he's getting a lot of attention. The shooter's getting a lot of attention for things that. I, uh, I, I haven't heard, I haven't like us on the left have never heard of him. <laughs> like we heard about the guy who stopped him sort of. Well, actually, yeah, I guess the guy ultimately did stop him. Um, but yeah, the guy who stopped him, who was a fucking hero, we you know, like that was heard about the, the left was talking all about that. And honestly, like some of the far left was even like, yeah, yeah, that's why people need guns. It's, it's your, your, it's your weirdos that are like, no, if he wouldn't have had a gun. If nobody would have had a gun, this wouldn't have happened. Well, that fucking Pandora's box is open, right? right. You can't put the, you can't, you can't put it back. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so this motherfucker shoot perpetrated a mass shooting at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Right, killed twenty six people, including an unborn child. Um, wounded twenty two others, and and then you know did did the world a favor and fucking killed himself. Uh, he killed himself 26 people too late, but hey, he killed himself. So kudos to that. Uh, he didn't do any more. Um, and he saved the, uh, the state of Texas a few dollars. I'm pretty sure they, they, they might make him a hero for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. Watch he becomes like, he becomes a symbol of like, you know, uh, of the death penalty advocates. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, Ain't nobody he, spending uh, a tax dollar on him, you know, so you got to give him some kind of credit. Now, in response to the people who thought that gun laws would have stopped this, he was prohibited from purchasing or possessing firearms and ammunition due to a domestic violence conviction. Supposedly. Uh, during the Air Force. Well, I mean, yeah, he's the, the law is in place, and it did nothing. It did not matter. <laughs> um yeah, because somebody yeah, at the Air the, Force has been dropping the damn ball. Fucked up. They failed to record the conviction in the FBI National Crime Database. Um, yeah. And this is the which is used by the National Instant Check System to flag prohibited purchases. See, when I first heard that there was such a thing, I thought, well, then that's all, that's all we need. I didn't realize 
how poorly it's been implemented, right? How unfairly it's been implemented. Um, both of these shootings, due to gun laws, should not have happened. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that that just shows that you know, no matter what the law is, something's going to still happen. All right. It's part of the reason. I, like I said, I'm I'm opposed to all the the banning guns. Nothing we've we've banned. You know, we've banned drugs. I'm rolling a joint right now. Uh, we banned child pornography. Almost every one of these son of a bitch, a, an enormous chunk of these guys, and surprisingly so, had child pornography. We've banned, you know, all kinds of things. It makes no fucking difference. It doesn't erase them from existence. So, and, and people who are going to break the law, guess what? They don't give a fuck about a law. We need to go back to public about, shaming you know, is what we need to do. The damn laws and, you know, being able to have, oh, you got to pay a fine for this. Oh, you get, you know, a, you get a few days things, in jail for this. Well, if we catch you, you know, you, you get something for this. But, you know, so for, so for if we just look down our nose at this particular type of behavior and stuff, you know. Right. And honestly, like, there was a uh, the movie Inglorious Bastards that, Wonderfully historically inaccurate movie. Um, <laughs> there was a scene in it where the guy said, well, where they capture some Nazis, and they're saying, well, what are you going to do after the war? What are you going to do with this uniform? Well, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to live a good life. Well, what about that uniform? I'll burn it. And they say, well, see, that's the problem. <laughs> Nobody's going to know you were a Nazi. So <laughs> they carved a swastika in the captured Nazis that they let live's foreheads. Well, that is problematic with certain things. Um, I do, I do think that in cases of say severe domestic violence, um, sex crimes, um, with certain laws, certain laws that are exceptionally predatory to people, to other people, people who have shown a a tendency to prey on the innocent, they should wear a fucking sign on their forehead. Uh, they, I wasn't they, talking about that daggone grievous, bro. I was just talking about like you know having them walk through town on their well crawl through town on their knees, you know, naked, no, being no, no. you know shame, then, shame. Then they, leave, then they leave. Then they leave town, right? And just like these fucking Catholic priests, nobody knows who they are. Where they we go. got pub, we they got media, man. We say everybody's going to be fucking TikToking that motherfucker walking. You know, dude, come on. Well, like I said, it's, 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 uh, there's some things that are you know coming towards it, but no. Certain people who have preyed on innocent people and have done their time, now you should allow, like, they, they should be allowed to, once they've done their time and have been theoretically rehabilitated, they should be allowed to reenter society. But no one should ever again look at a pedophile who has done their time and got out and for some, maybe, maybe lied about their name, come up with false documents. They should never, ever be put in a position oh, where they can affect. I'm sorry, court. Richard. I'm going to have to uh, ask you to refer to them as their new nomenclature as um, minor attracted individuals. Look, the, the rest of the LGBTQ community has disavowed them. It is only them that are trying to get added. <laughs> they are the ones that are trying to normalize it. The rest of the community is like, hold, hold up. <laughs> it's like Kyle in, uh, in South Park. But you have sex with children. Like, oh, we get everybody having free rights and being equal and all that, but fuck you, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey <laughs> I mean, I agree. I was, I was you know, joking, obviously. But, yeah, you, 
in an overlapping joke at that, I hope that uh, some of our listeners actually got that. I'd hate to have to explain it. It would ruin the whole thing. It would. It would. (laughs) And I kind of did, but it is something that I I feel like that does need to be addressed at some point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that that they're they're trying to get added onto the LGBTQ community, and it's, it's not strengthening their cause, but it is weakening the legitimate cause of the LGBTQ community. It, it is it, it is giving it is giving these these people a, a foot point a, a standing point. It's a point where people are going to PetSmart with their the, and they have pride flags and they're like demanding PetSmart take it down because it's satanic and they're pedophiles grooming children. Whereas you know most times PetSmart's like no you got to leave. In fact we'll just we'll just call the cops. We have the right to fly this flag. You don't have to like it, but you don't have you can go to Petco. Right, you know, and, and you know, that's the case with anything, <laughs> folks. I mean, yeah, boycott them if you want to, but you know, don't demand anything out of anybody. That's kind of you know. yeah. Don't go into a store with your fucking phone on just to create a scene because you think that all LGBTQ people are satanic pedophiles. That's no. And I'll use it from no, the the no. one that's in my brain for some freaking reason about trying to force you know folks to bake a cake for a gay couple. Both sides. I mean, it goes both ways. You can't force somebody else to it do does, anything. That, 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 you, we used, if, if we used to do, do that at one point in time in our history. With, with the exception of public office, if a court, if a, if a judge does not want to perform a gay marriage, that judge should no longer be a judge there at public office. As long as that state has allowed gay marriage or what have you, it is that judge's job as a public officer of the state to do that marriage. Public, I don't give a yes. fuck how public, they feel yes. about it. Legal. If, public, if they, yes. Legal. Yeah. You know, it, marriage is marriage. Yes, absolutely. And it should be upheld as strongly as the so-called traditional marriage. Um, yeah. and, and whether you agree with the law or not, if you are a judge, a duly appointed judge in a state where it is, and it's been federally allowed, if you are a judge and somebody comes to you and wants to do a gay marriage and you don't want to do it because of your religious convictions or political leanings quit your fucking job yeah you should you shouldn't allow those if you're judged those should not affect your decision that's different than the baker they didn't have they shouldn't they're 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 a private individual who owned a company yes i've always agreed with the we we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone well i mean it it wasn't great for segregationalists in the south but you, you, if you don't want to bake a cake for someone, don't fucking bake it. And the big way we got rid of the segregated th- restaurants and stuff was to open up other ones that weren't. And the ones that were right. went out of business. Exactly. exactly. Boycott them out of business. Um, Absolutely. I'll stand right beside you. you know. But <laughs> you know, they have the right to say no. And for anybody to force somebody, that's we've done that before in our history. Let's not repeat that. It, it shouldn't, yeah. Um, but uh, tangent. Yeah, he should not. He should have never had a fucking gun. Not um, at all. I mean, he. Yeah, uh, that it shouldn't have happened. Um, and let me see. Let me try and find some. Let me pull up. I have what little bit there is about his fucking life. Um, There's not much. Uh, this guy came no, out of nowhere, no. and uh, he was an he absolute was asshole. In, he was born in this town in Texas in 1991. Um, he attended the high school there. He, he grew up there. Uh, he had a disciplinary record at the high school. He was a he was in trouble often at school. Um, 
falsifying records, insubordination, profanity, one drug-related offense. Um, uh, he was described as an outcast who was popular among other outcasts, which I mean, I had this, I can relate. Yep. I was a, I was a trouble kid who was popular among other outcasts. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he signed up for karate because he was being bullied. Um, he, uh, had a 2.32 grade average. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he wasn't, huh? <laughs> Me, uh, he was, he, yeah, he, he, he was always, he wasn't always a psychopath, though, according to some of his middle school friends. And as he, he grew into something else, uh, no, they said didn't. they saw him change into something that he wasn't, but whether he wasn't before, he was when he, he was at the end, you know. And we see this in a lot of like, especially with psychopathy, um, you'll see it a lot of times, like it, it manifests itself somewhat in early childhood. Uh, especially with like getting in trouble a lot and what have you, um, and kind of like bad impulse control, but it really starts to manifest itself during puberty. Um, and that's, that's kind of what they're saying. Like it, as he grew older, as he, be, you know, and whatnot, he, he started to get more and more distant from, from reality. Um, so what do you do when you're, when you're a budding psychopath and you, you flunked out of school? Well, you fucking joined the military. Right? You're right. Well, um, well, he was in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they Me say. Um, they probably don't. Um, <laughs> they, like, yeah, they, they, they probably yeah, this don't. This guy never existed. It, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the Air Force does with everything else. He was just a weather balloon. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. He he, uh, he he was sneaking firearms onto Holloman Air Force Base. Uh, he fractured his toddler's his toddler stepson's skull. Uh, this is the incident him that that were in which he assaulted his wife, fractured his stepson's skull, and it's the incident that made it to where he should not have been able to purchase the guns that he did. Uh, yeah, he, he, he damn sure should have had a little bit more than what he got out of it. Actually, uh, he made. Um, he, he he made death threats against his superior officers, which I, I was in the military. I had shitty superior officers. I can get that. <laughs> Fracturing a toddler ste- toddler skull? No. Death threats against superior military officers? Well, that's kind of why they're in the military, right? Yeah. Um. They shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be able to threaten them. <laughs> yeah, that they're. I thought we were under constant threat ever since nine eleven. It hasn't gone below orange. So they're in constant threat. Of well, these guys I should thought. be trained to the point where they, they actually feel that nobody should be able to threaten them or be in a position to cause them any kind of freaking harm. They're supposed uh, they to be our superior be fighting force. Who the hell can threaten that? Right. Um, so he, uh, he gets admitted to a uh, mental health facility by the military. Uh <laughs> Where he uh, escapes. Fuck yeah, he does. He escapes. He escapes. Um, they catch him. And, and <laughs> I, I want to. I want to stop on that for a minute, right? I, I know th- this is already our longest minisode, and by the time we're done, it might actually be our longest episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, these two have. There's very little information about them. But they both bring up such important little things, little chinks in the system that the others we were not able to to find. 
these now you're starting to see the 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 problems in the system itself, right? These these two should have been prevented multiple multiple times, multiple ways, especially with the fucking gun laws that everybody's saying, you know, <laughs> anyhow. And how the fuck not only did he escape from military custody, he escaped military custody at a mental hospital <laughs> and he was on U.S. soil. Now, it ain't like Osama bin Laden who escaped military custody into a cave in Afghanistan or wherever the fuck he ended up. You know, this is this is a guy in Texas. No, New Mexico. Sorry, yeah, this New is Mexico. a guy we've already got locked up. We already had him locked up. Mental health care plus military police, right? But he gets out. He gets caught 10 miles later at a bus stop. Again, not a bright move from a not a from not a bright person. Um, <laughs> the facilities director of military affairs said that he had stayed there for several weeks till he was brought to court martial. Um, while there, he expressed a desire to pay back his chain of command, and uh, had actually used computers there to order weapons and tactical gear to his PO box in San Antonio, Texas. So the dude's already planning something. He already has something in mind. Now, it isn't what he eventually worked into. And he's already shown a pattern of aggressive behavior, making threats. He's clearly a danger. And he was locked up. Yeah. And there's records of him being locked up. So not only do I think he should have never had the guns because of the laws against the domestic violence people being able to get guns, he shouldn't have had guns because he was clearly not mentally able to you know he was not uh mentally sound clearly yeah, court martial on assault sound. for the wife aggravated assault on the stepson and, two charges of pointing a loaded gun at the wife two counts of threatening his wife with an unloaded gun i mean the, these are these are the charges on him and this is this is a man who should there should have been a, as soon as he walked in somewhere to get a gun but here's here's the thing while in a mental hospital under military uh, uh, custody, he ordered guns online <laughs> at the mil- at the military mental health facility. He ordered fucking guns online. I mean, how many fucking balls do you got to drop before you quit playing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is absolute failure. Uh, I, I was in. I, I, I went to prison. Great, it wasn't military prison. It was state prison. You know how many times I I saw a fucking computer? None. None. Even in the offices, they kept like they had like little laptops they would like put in their desk when you went into the office for like any kind of uh, administrative thing. Funny enough, there's no mention of the weapons that he actually bought from the website or exactly when. Um, they've got every other weapon that he he had bought in the last you know five years before this, but no mention of getting what weapons from that website. Now, I'm not doubting that it happened, but yeah, all they said was weapons. Um, I, I'm not sure what he can order online from Texas. I know here the only weapons I can order are knives, some swords, some swords, and you know, black powder weapons. But yeah, Well, I mean, Texas, Texas is like like any other state, like I said, you know, it, it ain't going to have the same kind of gun restrictions as Texas. Um, so the fact that he was able to get guns sent to te- to a Texas address 
from the internet. That I don't find surprising. The fact that he had access to the internet. I'm sure that even in my area, there's a way. Surprising. And what? I'm sure even here in the Carolinas, there, there's a way to order Look, actual weapons online. Every, you know, firearm types. For every gun restriction, they open up seven loopholes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like North Carolina, they got a real bad, there, there's a real bad problem with their gun shows, getting people uh, guns that shouldn't have them. Um, well, private sales, private you know, sales is the problem, yeah. not the gun shows. Yeah, and that's another that's a, that's another kicker. It's that's another problem. It, there's no, I've, I've, there's no control. I've been to those gun shows and tried that loophole. It it don't work. You actually have to go to the private sale that's happening at the trunk out in the parking lot. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Thing. You talk, you talk to the guy that's running it, and you meet him later in the parking lot. You yeah, know, he knows just the guy. Like, just like we sold, just like we were selling those fireworks in Rhode Island. Like they came into the legal shop, but you know we could talk them out into the truck later, and uh, it's the exact same thing. It's just instead of fireworks, these are firearms. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what they can maybe you know the, the only other person involved is uh, no longer with us, so fuck them, right? <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> they don't know what con- what company. I don't even know what comes. And we didn't actually, we didn't actually sell any. We just, we 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 had the plan that it, maybe if somebody asked, we could yeah, we could work it I out. I knew a guy. We never actually. I don't. Hell, we barely sold any fucking legitimate fireworks before we. They were shit. I spent more time, you know, hooking up with with randos on FetLife than I did fucking selling any any fireworks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the laws, the they're they're there. We're not using them. I mean, th- this guy should have never had them. And he was convicted of a violent crime, folks. And for somehow, because the fucking military decided not to turn in some records. Um, yeah, they. Yeah. This guy was able to buy quite a few weapons uh, that he should have never had his hands on. I mean, the big one is the one that he actually used, the AR-556. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of those uh, style rifles, the AR-15 framework kind of a thing. Um. But yeah, he should have never had that, and he damn sure shouldn't have had all the pistols that he had. I mean, one, oh. two, three, four, five, five pistols. That, and he was denied the fucking permit to carry a handgun. So, and he still found a way to get all these pistols. What the hell? Yeah. And did you left something out about his assault on his wife and stepson? He waterboarded her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I found that, but it was on the New York Post. So, well, no, I, I, there's a a direct quote also from her on another one that's not just the New York Post, um, the San Antonio Express. Uh, he also uh, was investigated for rape of his then girlfriend when he got out, when he got out of the hospital and out of the military, he went back home to New Braunfels, um, where he lived in a barn at his parents' home. I did find And he was shortly. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, damn it. I got distracted. Oh. Uh, no, then, uh, yeah, he was living in a barn and he tried to, uh, apparently rape his girlfriend. um, but you know the tech, the the Texas, uh, Como County Sheriff's Office did not bring any charges against Kelly, 
and the case became inactive because she did not respond to four follow-up calls and messages. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> the next year, he married his next girlfriend and uh, moved into a uh, mobile home in Colorado where he was immediately charged for cruelty to animals after beating his, his malnourished husky. Yet again, mental instability, propensity to violence, criminal charges involved. Um, he was given a deferred sentence for probation. So a conviction of a violent offense, right? Yep. A violent offense that shows a bit of a, you know, it, it could show a bit of a tendency towards psychopathy, right? To, to, to predatory behavior. Another red flag that should have stopped him from being able to get any guns and should have had the guns he had taken away. Um, now, this, this particular but, situation did finally get addressed because of this shooting. Um, a bunch of, you know, Texas senators and, you know, congressmen and such got together and, you know, they finally got a, a, a bill they called the uh, Fix NICS Act. Um, and it was to get all this stuff, all these little loopholes and stuff, you know, closed up from where people don't have to report within yeah, a certain it, period of time. Of all rare, that stuff. It's one of the, it's one of the rare cases where you actually see, uh, politicians reaching across the aisle to address an actual problem. And the result was the air force turned about. over, over 4,000 outstanding records to the FBI that hadn't been filed. Yep. They prevented God knows how many more of them. Hopefully, anyway. You know what I mean? At, at least they made it less likely because it's going to be harder for these motherfuckers to get guns now. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've, um, they've done a lot of work to the background checks and tightening those up and closing some of the loopholes. And like I said, they got this particular uh, reporting loophole, you know, closed up to where, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, you know, supposed to be, uh, actually reporting this stuff as it happens instead of piling it up for months. Um, it, it was pretty much understood for most folks that, you know, the gun laws that we had didn't stop it. Having stricter gun laws would not have stopped it. Um, um, and, you know, again, with stricter gun laws, would the Good Samaritan that actually ended this would he have been able to have a gun himself and bring it outside? You know what? I didn't actually look into this guy. I, I looked at what he did in this particular case, considering the hero moved on. But to be fair, I should look, should he have even had his gun? You know, that, that'd be, that's a thing that like, I don't know. Does this guy have a history like this motherfucker? Maybe not more than likely not, but you know, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't look into his history of whether he should have or shouldn't have had one. All I know is, you know, he and, did a good thing with the one that he had, and you know, we take that as fast value. I'm not looking at that, and really. that's as far as I took it. And and you know, I'll I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll I'll take my stripes for that one. That was that that's poor journalism on on, on our behalf, and we we apologize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will say that you know, for anybody, I don't care if your weapon is legal or not. If somebody comes into your door, whether they're related to you or not, and says they're shooting down the road, I don't care if it's a church or gas station or what. Um, if your first response is to grab your weapon and go try to solve to stop the issue, you know, kudos, more power to you. Uh huh. We'll, we'll yeah, worry about I the mean, legality I mean, of it later. Stop this fucker from shooting. Later people. on, yeah. 
in the meantime, save save lives if you have the ability. Absolutely, that is your duty. It is your duty not only as an American citizen but as a human being. Absolutely, if you are able to save innocent lives, do so with with little to no regard for your own safety. And we'll worry about the legality <laughs> of bullshit later. If you've done something yeah, good, I'm pretty know, sure I'm, we'll overlook anything that you did wrong in the do in the act of doing so. It's it's what they call mitigating factors. Um. There's precedence for stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, he might get a little slap on the wrist, but yeah. Um, I found some more information so, about this creep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing when I searched this guy's name, this is the first thing that I popped up here. And I'm just going to read a little bit. And we're, we're, we're you, you really got to hear it here. Um, I don't know if he found it or not. Should have, but, um, I, I probably did. I didn't get as far into Kelly as I did on. Room. And this is, um, it I, starts off nice and well. Um, you know, Devin Kelly, you know, was the perpetrator of the Sutherland Springs, Texas shooting at first Baptist church. He murdered 26 people on November 5th, 2017. Everything's off to a good start here. According to the New York post. Well, um, Texas shooter, Devin Kelly was a creepy atheist outcast who never fit in and berated religious believers on social media. Um, well, I, I searched for that and I couldn't find it at all. I could not find those words anywhere from the New York post, which is actually surprising considering the, where it's at, but I did find something else amusing. And again, this is from the New York post. So let's tell you what a grain of salt, but I did look into it and it's, it's, it's got a grain of truth to it. Um, the, uh, Justice Department filed an appeal to a multi-million dollar verdict to the families and victims of this particular church shooting. Because um, the federal judge had found the United States government was at fault for allowing the government, the gunman, to acquire a gun because the government failed to report that he was dishonorably discharged with the crimes that he had been convicted of in his courts, courts martial. Um and the current administration is apparently fighting it. And I'm scrolling down here. There was a reason that they gave here. Um, no, that was on a different thing. Uh, that was on the other page that I, I don't have that one saved. Um, but yeah, they they they've got a reason for it, and it's a fairly legitimate reason um, about you know who should be at fault for other people's actions and stuff. Um, that you know, the government itself is not responsible for you know the actions of the the actual shooter, you know, for committing a crime, you know, regardless whether or not the fact that you know he was able to get a weapon because of a failure of paperwork. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that, but again, I can I can see it as well because I see their I, I see their point. Yeah, because I mean I don't <laughs> believe that we should sue anybody that didn't actually pull the trigger. You know, namely the uh, the gun manufacturers. But you know, if I'm taking that step, then I have to take the step here as well. That it, it's it's not the federal government's fault nor responsibility to reimburse you for such an action. No, I do feel though, like if you are a, if you know about something, right, 
and you don't say anything, you don't you, you don't at least try to take some steps to to prevent it, then you should be at least civilly liable. Maybe not criminally. You should, but then you you carry some fucking guilt because you knew and you did nothing. Uh, it's like they like they said you know after uh you know the the Nazis and whatnot with the Jews. All it takes, you know, for the the success of evil is for good men to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, so, they hold yeah, some it, water. It, it definitely holds some water. Um, but how far you take that is the point of debate. And yeah, I get it. You you pass it along. You know, you 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 notify some you, you notify some form of law enforcement or something. Now at that point in time, you have done your due diligence, bare minimum. You know what I mean? You have at least said, "Hey, look, this is what I this is what I was told. This is what or this is what he said to me. This is what I've seen." You you do your fucking deal. Now, I'm not saying I'm a fan of snitches. No, if it was a, a if it was a malicious thing, like you know, we yeah, knew for like, a fact. Like Dylan that, Roof talking about shooting up the college. Yeah, you know, well, I'm saying like this. Yeah, you know, if if it was shown that the Air Force was intentionally holding these records back because it would tarnish somebody's ability to own a firearm or you know whatever in the future. Well, then, then yeah, that's yeah. that's that's obviously yeah, that's that's a totally then, different story like than the, I'm talking about here. This is you know a, yeah, a backlog of you know information that people just you know for some fucked up reason didn't deem important enough to jump on and get done today. And I mean, okay. I get that and paperwork like said, is they, paperwork when you these people, folks. I mean, so I, mean, I don't think there was any malicious intent, which means I don't believe there was any justification for a lawsuit to begin with. But that was the thing uh, that I found when I was trying to look for this, uh, you know, creepy atheist outcast uh, thing. Um, well, according there's there was articles in the BBC, and um, of course you could also there was in the, there was articles in the Independent and articles in um, the Daily Telegraph. But there was there was multiple there's been multiple things about his uh, he was always pushing atheism. Now here there's another thing just before this. Well, during high school, he was trying to preach atheism, but in 2014, he started volunteering at a vacation Bible school at a First Baptist Church in Kingsville, Texas. Later on, he stopped volunteering and went back to posting about atheism. Now, the far evangelical right that kind of runs the country, um, <laughs> has, a lot of them, they're a few of them anyway, the ones that fucking make the publications that most of your evangelical pastors read to try to get their news that, you know, uh, from, from people that are of God, supposedly, you know, they, they, they trust their news source because they're Christians. Right. So a lot of these are trying to use this as a thing of see, uh, Christians are under attack by atheists and, uh, we took God out of schools and now atheists are attacking Christians. That's not what this is. All right, so I was I was raised in a in a Baptist family, and I became an atheist early on. Now it took me years, years. I'm actually still undoing a lot of the damage they did with their fucking indoctrination. Right? Yes. I have a lot. I have a lot of deep like feelings about, especially Baptist churches, but um, about it, about the whole concept. But you don't just. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't say, yeah, I'm going to run a vacation Bible school. No, never mind. You know what? I'm an atheist today. This guy had no idea what he believed. He just wanted to fit in where he thought he belonged, right? 
he this guy does not represent the vast majority of atheists. And by vast majority, I'm talking like 99%. He does somewhat represent a large majority. What, never mind. I can speak, but he does not represent atheism. And it is being pushed by these particular small sources, yes, but these sources are specifically tailored for people who then disseminate it down to their congregation as gospel. Oh, yeah. Shit like this is dangerous. Right, shit like this is very. Now, this like actually it, mentions as well his, uh, his 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 criminal history. There, there's a one liner about his criminal history. He received a bad conduct discharge for cracking his son's skull <laughs> and assaulting his wife. Done. Yeah, that's that's less important than the fact that he didn't believe in Jesus. Right? <laughs> These people are insane. This guy is insane too. Now, th there's a five but, line paragraph about him being a creepy atheist outcast and pushing his atheist beliefs, but a one liner, just bad conduct discharge. That's it. For cracking his uh -huh. stepson's skull and assaulting him. That that is it. So And the dude wasn't even a true atheist, not in the not in the real sense. Oh, but he was a fan of CNN and his political views skewed to the left. Yep, that's all they had to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you got you got these far right evangelicals. I'm not talking about every Republican. I'm talking about far right evangelicals that are <laughs> that are going to hop on that. You know, it's finally we have a piece of shit on the left. <laughs> you know, let's let's really focus on that. And the dude wasn't even really left. He was the dude was just he wasn't anything but a fucking nut job. He was a piece of shit who had no like respect for other not just people, but living beings. He had no value to life whatsoever. He valued nothing, nothing, not at all. Yeah. Any atheist beliefs? It doesn't. He didn't value them. He didn't attack this church for atheism. No. He attacked this church mostly because he was just a fucking nut job who beats dogs and cracks toddler toddler skulls. Uh, Theodore Beal would disagree with you when he was quoted to say, and let's not hear any more about how atheists are so persecuted in America or how amazingly moral they are when they are shooting schools and churches and universities. No wonder they are you know the most disturbed group say, in the country. You know why I will always say atheists are more moral than Christians? Because we don't, we choose to be moral without without the threat of eternal damnation. Right. We decide as a human being that rape, murder, all this shit is wrong. We decided as human beings that those were wrong things to do to other human beings. We don't need the threat of God to keep us Yeah, and what happens when this your faith slips a little bit and you're not quite so sure about the reality of God? What happens to your morals then? Uh, well, you end up in the desert following people like Charlie Manson or fucking in Guyana following people like Jim Jones. <laughs> well, <clears throat> or Alex Jones. In extreme cases. <laughs> but, uh, but that's where this type of shit leads. <laughs> so this whole argument of him being uh, amoral leftist, you know, amoral atheist liberal, no. Oh, well, but, no. you know, according was, to the National Catholic Register, here's what you don't want to admit. The guy was clearly an outcast and a loser. You're just not understanding that. But there are plenty of churches that would have done whatever they could to help him. How many atheist organizations out there maintain benevolence funds, take the time to visit elderly uh, folks? A lot. Can't, <laughs> a lot. Or help abuse women <laughs> move to a safe location? 
No cop outs by well, citing organizations that aren't faith based. I'm talking about groups that are express, expressly atheist. Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, the Satanic Temple. <laughs> now, and now I know that sounds like a contradiction of terms that they call themselves Satanists, but they use this. They use sat- the Satanism in a in a non literal sense, right? Um, kind of an opposition to Christianity. Uh, there's this whole Christian, like the, especially the evangelicals get, got this whole concept, you know, you're not, if you're not one of us, then you're a Satanist. You're working for Satan. Well, <laughs> they, they are, the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple are both expressly atheists. They do not believe in God or the devil. Um, and they do a lot of humanitarian aid. And that's just two examples. There are a lot more, a whole lot more. <laughs> And they don't, and that, and that, and like I said, I'm not saying there aren't good Christians that are helpful people. I'm not saying that I haven't received help from Christians. I'm not saying that Christians are bad people. I'm saying that these far right evangelicals are bad people, and I'm saying that atheists are, are you know, are just as capable in a good human being or a piece of shit as anyone else. Yeah, they're they're, they're no, all they're no human. better or worse than any other human being until that human being has made a choice to become inhuman. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all this particular site had to say about the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, and folks, I get riled up about it. I'm sorry. This is one. Of, this is one of my hot button issues. This I I, I need a trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, now I have to smoke a whole nother joint. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just it, when you, when you start talking about you know who's evil and who's doing bad things for whatever beliefs, I mean, let's just remember the Crusades. Don't throw stones in a glass house. Let's remember the Crusades; <laughs> they happened. We had well, nine of them. He who was without sin. <laughs> We've had nine of them. Get over it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not even. I don't have to bring up the Crusades. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing they don't even want to talk about. Like, and you know why? Because every they, they finally had to concede, okay, we may have done some we, we may have done some bad things there. Uh maybe some of that may maybe some of those burnings and mass hysterical witch hangings. May, maybe the slaughter and the ransacking of Jerusalem and <laughs> the Inquisitions. Uh, maybe <laughs> Jesus, you know? May, may, maybe those were bads, right? Sure, you did it in the name of God, but did you really? Uh, I, there's a lot of shit that gets attributed to God that, well, there's plenty enough in the Bible that I could point out that, yeah, sure, he sucks. He's not a great God if you're going to pick one to worship. Um, there's a lot of things that get attributed to him and Jesus that, that are not of him, <laughs> that did not come from that. They're not even, they're, they're not biblically accurate at all. And yeah, so <sighs> yeah, this guy was not part of some liberal atheist plot. That's a post I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, so the the closest thing to an actual truth is I, that I've got is he he may have you know questioned God, and he may have had an argument with his mother, um, who was you know a patron of, of that church. And supposedly that is the reason he went to the church. And I, I don't know why he decided everybody had to go, but you know, the, the biggest pointer towards anything of a truth that I found is he had a grudge with his mother or 
and wanted well, to go here's to seven. the thing, though. He didn't want to hurt his mother. And here's why I think this, at least is what I think. I don't right? think he wanted to that morning, kill his mother. I think he wanted yeah, to kill he her. He didn't want her belief. there because he called her and made a bunch of in, like indirect threats. Like just randomly out of the blue called her and started threatening her. So him, so his mother and I think his ex-wife both stayed home because of because he they were like I don't know what's going on we need to figure out what's happening they had no idea what he was going to do but they did know that they he had just threatened them personally so they were not at the church when he got there I don't think it was going um, to be a thing for him to hurt her uh, personally uh, physically I think it was more along the you know targeting her belief yeah because he questioned his maybe yeah that's that's closest thing to a point I think, of truth I think that part I of it I think part of it may I mean because yeah I think you know like. When when I went finally rogue, it it actually came out of you know, and I was attacking churches, but I wasn't attacking church members. I was attacking church leaders, and I wasn't attacking them with guns. I wasn't harming anybody physically like this, right? Um, and you were only going after the ones in excess. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't even going after like your your backwoods, you know, preacher who like actually believed it and was doing good things in their community. No, I was after the televangelists and the mega churches. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't hurt anybody, but it I, I did my time, and, you know, and what I did was wrong. It was illegal. But I think what he did here, it was, it, it, I think it had some of the similar roots, right? Um, we both have reasons for animosity against the church. Uh, that's undeniable. However, it wasn't, I, I think, and it, you see it in his, in, in, in his whole life, there's this pattern, this propensity to violence. More than anything, he wanted to hurt me. Yeah. And I think the church was a good excuse. More than anything, I wanted to put fucking, to pay the rent. And the church, in my anger, the church gave me that excuse. Like, you know, there, I, I can't be, I ain't going to sit here and stand on a pedestal and be like, yeah, it was. I was completely a political prisoner for fighting against the church. No, I burglarized rich preachers who were, fle- who were fleecing their flock. Yeah, I, 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 don't, um, I don't think you should have done it, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if I was going to, if, if I was going to steal, which was the wrong decision to make, but if I was going to steal, I was going to make sure I stole from the people who deserved to be stolen from, who deserved to have at least a moment of in of incomfort. <laughs> sort of like a Robin <laughs> you know, Hood. Um, yeah, there there was a moment in one of the victim statements where they were like, "I'm a, you know, I, I can't sleep at night now because I wonder if these people are going to come back." One, they were never home. They were at church when I when I burglarized their homes. So they weren't home. They were never in any physical danger. And uh, two, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm sorry I stole. I did the wrong thing. But for these fucking crooks, <laughs> you know, to, to feel a little bit of, to have a little bit of fear in their life, something other than their, their made up bullshit that they, that they're they're pounding fear every fucking Sunday and Wednesday at the pulpit. For them to have just a little bit of fear in their life, it was it was worth the fucking twenty eight months I spent in prison. You shit, you might have just opened up why on the hill Trump was so damn popular. Because that's exactly what he did. He pounded fear at the pulpit. Yeah, man. Six days a week. <laughs> and the thing. Yep, and he he aligned himself. One, he point he pointed out that there that the news was fake and you couldn't trust it, right? Well, to people who agreed with, who, who understood that, a lot of people were like, well, I can trust him now because he is telling the truth. He's telling it like it is. All he did was point you to different fake news, but he's gained you a little bit of, uh, he, he gained some, 
some trust with that. You know what I mean? And it's and that's how that worked. You know, he 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 made everybody afraid. He made them feel like he was the only one they could trust. He ain't the only one who's done that. No, 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 no. And and no, I'm not going straight to Hitler. You know, like <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, but there's been multiple cases of of people who fucking rise to power based on fear and manipulation. Everything is against you. Everything is trying to hurt you. We are under attack. I am the only one you can trust. It's a, it's a fucking, it's as old as, it's as old as leadership itself. Yeah, and history has always shown that it never works out that way. So, yeah. No, anytime somebody says that you, that you can trust them, that everybody else is lying, know that you cannot trust them anybody any more than the other people who are lying. The ones you can trust are the ones who aren't saying shit <laughs> because everything has gone to fucking shit. So anybody that They're thinks that the guys, like, you know, back in the 1770s, you know, didn't have the uh, foreknowledge to, you know, or the mental capacity to see something like that, just think. It's, stuff's been happening all throughout human history, and somebody wrote a piece of paper that might have a way to stop to it. it. <laughs> they tried to prevent it's it. It's working so well that from some perspectives, they are trying to eliminate it. Well, that's the thing, though, man. You know, according to the, the Constitution, you have the you have a lot of rights against the government. In fact, the government is constantly they should basically be groveling for you. Yes, <laughs> it, it it is of the people, by the people, controlled by the people, and the people can pick up their guns and kill everybody in the fucking government. At any time, according to the fucking Constitution, you can just slaughter them all. Hell, was it, um, who was it that said the, uh, it was one of the founding fathers, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots? Timothy McVeigh also said that. No, I'm, but, I'm not allocating you know, we go out and fucking start a civil war, but, you know, if, you know, I'm simply saying that we had the fucking power. Mm-hmm. At one point, we had the power to do it. The Second Amendment is part of why we had that fucking power. But now that power is gone. You, you you can't stand up and fight the government. Who are you going to fight? You know who are you going to shoot? You can't you can't fight back the cops. You can't even defend yourself against fucking cops. You can't fight back the feds. You can't defend yourself against the feds if you're under attack. Yeah, remember when they, they no use defense. the term war, um, and they are definitely militarizing every aspect of the government arms. Um, you know the recognized militia is armed to the teeth. The police is damn near a third militia um organized and trained they are they, like i said they've already said they're at war um and it seems like we're the ones that are at war with and every time they get a little bit more power we've lost a little bit so the balance is definitely tipped into their favor and it's all because we compromise yeah it's yep, and it's always fear. a one-sided compromise to fear exactly we always compromise we let, to fear. We let both sides use fear to to do it. And now we can't do anything about when it. When we had the ability to not be fearful. <laughs> and and now we the government should live in fear of its people, but now we live in constant fear of it. No matter what side you're on, you're afraid of them motherfuckers. Now, I will never say <laughs> yeah. that violence is the answer. Um there, well, violence. Now, uh, there, I there, believe there are many roads to try first. There, there's an argument to the 
proper application of violence and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, there would be no American nation if it was not for violent. Reform. Violence does solve problems. If you apply enough of it in the proper proper place, violence will solve a problem. And it's pretty damn good at it. Uh, but it's not the way you're supposed to go about it. The capability yeah, of violence cost. should be enough to deter somebody else from trying to control you and yours. Um, that's how that's how us and Russia didn't blow up the entire fucking world. It was each other's capacity, you know, mutually assured destruction. We no longer we no longer even have mutually assured destruction. We're the only ones that will be destroyed if we try. Yeah, I want a peaceful nation. I do not want a harmless nation. If you have the capability Agreed. for violence and you're choosing not to use it, which should be the choice for everybody, but the capability of violence in your hand or in your possession or in your wheelhouse, however you want to say that, and you're choosing not to use it, then you are a peaceful person. And a peaceful person yeah. has nothing to fear. If you have no ability to defend yourself, if you have no tools to help you in a bad situation, you're not peaceful. You're harmless. And you're just inviting everybody to walk all over top of you and take everything you have. Don't be helpless. Don't be harmless. Be peaceful. Yeah, um... Like it's, and, and like I said, and just because there's certain people who shouldn't be able to defend, shouldn't be able to not defend themselves, but shouldn't be able to have weapons, then in order to keep everybody safe, you know, they should be able to depend on the ne person next to them to, to keep them safe. You know, we're keeping them harmless so that people, innocent people aren't killed. You know, do, do, your, do your duty. Just keep, take care of each other. You know what I mean? Fucking treat each other decently. Treat each other with respect. You know, and if even if you don't listen to them, don't sit there and just let people don't don't let people kill other people just wantonly. Absolutely. You know, and even for those of us on our side of the aisle, you know, just because you know, we are limited in the particular types of weapons we can possess because of our, you know, you know historical fuck ups in our own lives. Um you, you still don't have to be harmless or helpless. Um, there are other ways to defend yourself and be in the ability to defend others. Um, be it, you know, with hand-to-hand yeah, -hand combat, you can do is no, anything like that. Yeah. The, if you're, if you're like with me, I'm a felon, I can't have a gun. I'm also the type of, I probably shouldn't have one. You know what I mean? And I, I recognize that. Now, what I do have though, is I know the law. I know my rights. <laughs> You know, I know what can and cannot be. I know that ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm powerless to do anything, you know, to to really stop them. But and I I, I have I have knives and whatnot. I know how to fight. If somebody's attacking me, I can fight. I I have a pretty good chance of winning. I feel like I'm you know, in, in at least a, a, a most in most situations. I, there's nothing I can do. I you know, I, there's nothing I can do if I'm in a crowd and somebody starts spraying bullets. I can try if I'm able, but, and that, but that's the thing that that's my duty as a human being to try. I mean, if I can't if get to him to do anything started, about it, I'm at least going to shield the women. And that's just because that's the type of man I am. Not because I think that a woman doesn't deserve no, a bullet as much kids. as a man I'm, I'm does. I'm going to start shielding the kids first. Yeah. I can tell you the last person I'm shielding is like, you know, some 80 year old fucking farmer with you know, that's on his third heart transplant. Absolutely. Um, 
but I will stop and shield a kid. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Women and children, you know, I'm the type of man that is going to put myself between, you know, those particular humans and any human trying to cause them harm. Um, if I can't take out the harm, I'm definitely going to shield you but from at least one bullet. I guarantee you that, folks. And it's not, like I said, it's not because I don't think that a woman has the right to take a bullet just as much as a man. It's just I'm going to make sure I take the first one. I'm greedy. Sorry. Sue me. Yeah, well, nobody, I don't think anybody's going to be mad at you for that one. You know, so they'll probably be more mad at me. I'm probably going to get all the hate mail for this episode. I don't know. I've, um, I've got some strange <laughs> looks just for trying to open a door, man. I'd hate to see what I did if I got in the way of a bullet and somebody, you know, woman, some woman thought it, they deserved it more than I did. <coughs> yeah, I remember when we were in Rhode Island. <coughs> I held the door open for a woman in Rhode Island. And it wasn't, she wasn't a Rhode Island resident. She was from New York. <laughs> but she looked at me like I was fucking insane. And it really threw me. Like, I expect either a thank you or a nod or even just an indifferent pass by me. Yeah, but... But to look at me like I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. What, you think I can't <laughs> open a fucking door? <laughs> no, but I already had the door open. I just held it for you. Yeah, yeah well, Two I seconds. don't think you deserve to have to open a door. No. I didn't do it because if, if if I was expected to do it, if I had to do it, I wouldn't. I did it because it, I, I felt like it was a, it's a nice thing to do. What is two seconds of your life to make somebody else's day a little bit easier? You know, <laughs> shit. <coughs> that was my thought. It had nothing to do with Backstreet's Womb. I'd have held it open for a man, too. Do it all the time. Yeah, but, you know, for a woman, I'll take that extra quick step to get to the door first if I'm not already going through it and holding it. Well, are you one of those people, though, that will, like, hold a door open for somebody who's all the way across the parking lot near about and make them get into this, like, awkward, like, exercise routine no. to get to the door? No, if you're not within 10 feet of <laughs> the door, people, I'm, 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 you, you, those people piss me off more than in, more, more than people who don't open the door for me, you know? Um, I mean, on that side, yeah. I'm, I'm more on the uh, ecology side, you know, the, 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 the environmentalist. Fucking air conditions on in here. We're, we're not paying the air, AC, the outside motherfucker. Come on. Yeah. I mean, so, and don't make people run. No, I'm not going to make you run. You know. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan Cummins actually did a, a good bit about that very situation. Um, if but, you were in a hurry, uh, you would have uh, already been running. And if I see you running for the door, I'll, I'll hold it. <laughs> But if you ain't in a hurry, fuck you. You'll open it when you get here. You know, but for a woman, I'll make sure I get to the door first and I will stand there and wait. And when she gets to the door, I'll open it for her. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm weird like that. Yeah. But, um, so enough talking about the piece of shit. Let's talk about Stephen Williford. Stephen Williford. Uh, yeah, the former firearms instructor, I, I just found that out, who fired upon and injured the shooter. Ah, that's his name. Yeah. Yep, Stephen Wilford. Um, let's see. Hold on, hold on. No, we don't have that. So, There's yeah, the he, point he, in he, here that we had that. Remember, we said, don't be the vigilante. Don't go chasing after the motherfuckers. You know, once you... you know, these guys did well that. yeah um and in this case i he did the he did the right thing and of course because uh, if he had not shot him and he had not pursued him this dude could have very well either killed more people at this place or if he had just shot him and let the dude live 
he might have gone somewhere else. Um, as it was, careful with that point of view. I'll use guy, it against you later. Yeah. Um, so ba- this guy gets out to the parking lot as what's his name is kind of moving around through it, and he grabbed uh, what's his name Kelly. Kelly's his name. He was moving around, and this guy had a rifle in his in his truck. It was a rifle. Yeah, he had an AR-15 too. Yeah, and uh, he he gets behind his truck for cover and he fires on him. Yeah, uh, he hit him like he actually hit him a good shot. It like went like in the right the sweet spot right by right where the fucking body armor couldn't protect him anymore. Yeah. Um, and then so this dude like you know he 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 gets hit by the bullet and he fucking he, he decides to he's gonna flee the scene. Well, fucking uh, Stephen Wilford here gets in this fucking truck. And starts chasing him. He fires another shot. Yeah, he gets at into him another dude's truck. truck. Another guy, passerby. Oh yeah, he gets. Oh Johnny Langendorf. Okay, yeah, he pulled dude, up to see what was going yeah. on and got flagged down, and he jumped old in. Old dude, passerby. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to go uh, yeah, chase this in. guy down. He just killed some people. All right, hop in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they get, they chase him up. Think about this. Up to ninety-five miles. Think an about hour. this. A guy um, with a rifle runs up to your vehicle, and you stop. Yeah, they pursued him at speeds up to 95 miles an hour for about five to seven minutes. Uh, uh, Steven is on the phone with the police uh, during this point in time. Um, during the chase, Kelly called his wife and spoke to her and his parents, informing them that he had just shot up the Sutherland Springs Church and telling his father that he was injured and didn't think he would survive. Uh, he reportedly, repeatedly emphasized how sorry he was. Um, he lost control of his vehicle, hit a road sign, crossed a ditch, um, and this kind of rolled to a stop in this field. Uh, he then he, he then shot himself. Um, police got there. He was motionless. Well, Will, when Wilford and Lang, and the guy who got in the truck with got there, he saw he was motionless. Uh, they kind of stood back and held him down. Made, you know, made sure he didn't go, didn't leave the truck, and then police you know took over. Uh, he was found dead in his car with three gunshot wounds, including a self-inflicted head wound. So both of these shots that Stephen Wilford fired at him hit their mark. Um, and that's another thing. If you're going to have firearms for safety, you need to be properly trained in how to use them correctly. Problem is, that does sometimes backfire. I bring up again Charles Whitman <laughs> or Lee Harvey Oswald, which we haven't got into that because that wasn't a mass murder. But uh, yeah, you know. They were both well-trained murderers. Yeah, well, you know, I, I would say that if everybody else in the country, you know, that had a desire for firearms was as well-trained, then, you know. It, it evens the playing field a little exactly. bit, Exactly. Right? And, that, and that, that's the key. While it does make more effective killers, it also makes more effective heroes, like like Stephen Wilford here. Exactly. Um. So go to the damn range, learn your weapons platform, know how it works, know every damn thing about it. Know more about it than you do your daggone shoes. Yeah, go, yeah, pre- use, learn, learn, you know, learn how to use it like a responsible fucking person. You know what I mean? I'm out there fucking like spotlighting gear and, you know, shooting fucking bullets into the air and fucking New Year's Eve. Learn how to use a weapon as it's supposed to be used for. It is a tool. Yeah, you got a right you know, to, you got a right life. to possess arms you don't have a right to wave them all willy-nilly and fucking fire them off just because you want to hear the sound of a gunfire you know you don't have those rights you're actually infringing on other people's rights to you know 
you know, having a quiet evening at home with their neighbors without fear of yeah, getting shot. The majority of people don't want to live in a fucking war zone, you know? No, but I do <laughs> want to live in the land where, like, this guy, uh, I can't say it enough. This guy comes running out with a rifle in his hand. We're not talking about deer and hunting season out in the woods like I, I just shot the buck kind of running out to the truck with your buddy that knows you're hunting. No, no, no. This is We're a, talking this about is in the middle, on of, on the middle of town, you know, out in public. The dude just comes running out to the damn street with a gun, and the guy's comfortable enough to stop. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of mentality that we should have. I mean, I want that mentality right there all across the nation. To where if you see somebody running to you, whether or not they've got a gun or not, your first instinct is, what does this guy need? This guy needs help. What's up? Not that, oh, my God, it's a killer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It should be a fucking surprise yeah. that it's a killer. You know, not surprised to the point where, you know, oh, my God, nobody could do anything about it. But, you know, I'd be much more safer in a, a world where, everybody had a weapon and was trained to use the daggone thing and walked around with them openly than I am where everybody's trying to hide the fact that they've got a weapon. I don't like that world. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, I already have the high distrust for humanity already. Um, and just being able to look and see where that distrust should actually be placed. It's a whole lot more beneficial for folks like me. Yeah, it, it's and you know, and like I said, if if every if everybody was a Stephen Wilford, well, there would be no need for guns, would there? You know. Um, <laughs> well, I would love to think thing, that, though. but no, there's there's always that need because you know. Well, the thing that's the thing. Everybody would probably still have them because you want to maintain that line there. And but that's the thing, though. When they also there's also this whole push of everybody should carry a gun. Well, no. No, because that's the wrong way too. Because not everybody's Stephen Williford. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand everybody <laughs> should carry a gun. I say I'd love to. No, I'd I'm love to live that in a world where argument I have heard often. In fact, there are towns and entire states have discussed it. But there are towns now where every citizen is like required to have a firearm, and it's like, hold on a second, though. Hold on a second. Before we do all that. Are they Stephen Williford? Are they people like Stephen Williford? Do they do they know how to use the guns properly? Are they of sound fucking mind? You know, you know what I mean. Um, a militia. Have they exhibited violence? Now, a militia is required by law to have, well, at least at least minimum one working musket or flintlock, uh, fourteen balls, and a pound and a half of powder. Uh, at minimum, there there's no maximum amount that they could have, but you know that is the bare minimum for anyone in the militia in the United States. And considering anybody over the age of seventeen is considered militia, even though it's been reorganized into the unorganized militia and the organized militia, you're still part of the militia if you're over seventeen. So by law, I mean requiring them to have something. I mean, it kind of stinks. Well, no, that requires there to be a militia. And well, Congress think, has I mean, already Congress has already covered that. They've actually got the Militia Act. They've 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 redefined and hashed it out. That that point settled. We have a militia. Well, we have the ability for a militia. That's the reason of the two A is not 
because of the militia. It's so that we could have a militia. Exactly. That doesn't equate to every man, woman, and child carrying around guns. You know, that doesn't even equate to every adult carrying guns. Um, yeah. An organized and well-trained militia. If this is not an organized and well-trained person, then they are not a member of that militia. Well, that, that, my friend, is a failure of Congress, not the law. Congress is responsible for training said militias, whether they're organized or not. They choose to only train the organized militias, the National Guard and Coast Guard. You know, the rest of us yeah. you know, and I, don't have no requirement of training, unfortunately. And, you know, that's one thing I would say is, you know, okay, fact, the government's not going to do it, but at least set up schools for, you know, and make it where private folks can do training to a government standard. And if you can pass that test, then you, you, you are yeah. good for your and that way, standard, right? And that standard needs to be goddamn, it needs to be fucking held. You know, um, I'd say it would be the military proficiency for firearm, you know, whatever firearm you're on. Like they they have a rating for, you know, just uh, your handgun, your rifle, you know, heavy machine gun, fucking uh, grenade launcher. Yeah. For every weapon system, they've got a training program. You have to fucking certify home before you're going to be allowed to play with it. Well, in the, the military, there's more soldiers in the military at war have better training, are more qualified to carry guns and to do soldier shit than, say, I don't know, your local town police department, right? Absolutely. Um, they actually have better training, more, held to a higher standard than the, than the police. You know, the, the police are fucking, are not held to the same standard of training. Absolutely. Um, Agreed. 100%. So that's, that's one of the arguments against people. There, they're being like a, a militia. I was like, well, we already have the police. No. What you have is a bunch of jumpy, untrained, <laughs> basic people, some of whom have no business with carrying guns either. Um, they, they're not held to any kind of training like that. And I think that's, you're right. You know, you should be well-trained in it. You, you should be thoroughly checked out. Any, time, any, any sign of slippage for your safety and all the safety and people around you's safety, you should temporarily... Have your have your guns taken? I think. Yeah, you have to recertify. Like you see, you start, you have you start to see signs of slippage. Like, hold a second, you need to, we need, we need to work on this. And until you get until you pass this, and, and yeah, it needs to be a high bar, not an impossibly high bar, of course. But we, you know, we have all these examples of how the bar is way too fucking low. I, that I agree you know? with. And I like to say, folks, if I haven't made it perfectly clear already in the the last several, you know, almost every episode. I am a two a rights advocate. I believe that everybody should. Yeah, and I, yeah, you, you, um, what, what's the what's the daggone term for um, when when people take the the Constitution absolutely literal? Um, originalist. I have no idea. Yeah, originalist. Um, I have an original an yeah. originalist you know view of the Second Amendment, and you know by you know so that we can have a militia, our rights to firearms. Our rights to bear arms, and it you know it's arms. I've looked up the definition several times. It's arms, which is weapons that are capable of destruction. Plain and simple. The very example is bear arms to carry firearms. So you know, it's an example in plain English, which is what they used to write the the Constitution to begin with. 
shall not be infringed. More or less. Uh, shall not be infringed. Yeah. Now, you know, these are words that were in use for thousands of years before they wrote it. So everybody knew what the words meant when they were written. Um, so I actually believe that people like myself, if I have the the funds and the necessary training, should actually be able to purchase a fucking M1 Abrams tank and park it in my fucking backyard just in case the government tries to come take my shit. Um but I don't think that yeah. anybody should just be able to go buy a tank for the fucking hell of it. No. Um, uh, no. <laughs> but you should you should at least meet the minimum qualifications absolutely. of the rank required by the military to use as that firm as I am. I believe in the part of regulation being as taken to working order, high working order. Um, the original definition not regulated as in controlled unless you're talking about control into maintaining the working order, then okay. Um, I'm actually fine with, you know, knowing where the weapons are. Um, the whole registry thing. I don't really love it, but I mean, if you've got them, what can they do about it? Even if they know where it's at. Okay. They, they know where you lived when you bought it. They don't know where you parked it, so yeah. they don't know where your safe um, is. So who gives a fuck? If they ever try to come get your shit, yeah. you use your shit and you stop the shit. Um, well, you end up you end up like um, uh, David Koresh, or bad example. I got a better example: Randy Weaver's wife. <laughs> that's that's how you end up if if they come to get it and you grab your shit and keep it. That's that's where you end up, though. Well, I'm not talking about yeah. it as an individual thing. We saw how that shit turned out in Waco. Um, it takes a, you know more yeah. than a, a small group, but I will have to say that you know there was 52 of them, and half of them were women, and you know some childrens, and you know so you probably had a fighting force of maybe 20 guys with guns that actually held off you know almost 80 you know uh, government folk you know, for. Well, see that almost happened at Ruby Ridge. <laughs> See, people were less. Uh, but what I'm saying is, when that kind of stuff Ruby happens, because those are our well, cues to it, actually it, stand up as a nation. Well, that's that's why Ruby Ridge they tried. Um, people people were upset with Waco, but there was a big propaganda thing that really portrayed uh, David Crest to be more of a criminal piece of shit than he was. He was a piece of shit. By no means get me wrong there. He was a piece of shit. But he was actually in no violation of any federal or state law um, when the ATF raided him and uh, uh, sieged, you know, attacked him. Yeah. Randy Weaver was in violation of a minor, um, a, like a, a court case, right? He, he didn't appear to court, but he didn't appear in court because the court case had been changed. And this dude lived on this weird fucking like, uh, like compound. Well, not even compound. It was like he, he owned basically a top, a mountaintop. And he lived up there kind of isolated from society. So when they changed his court date, he didn't know about it. He didn't go down and check his mail. He was already, because the feds had set him up to begin with, right? Yeah. So they, the FBI come to get him or the ATF comes to get him. And uh, they, they're like creeping around his property unannounced. His son's outside with his dog. And of course, you know, Randy Weaver was one of these right wing far guys. Everybody at the house had a gun. And, um, these guys who aren't like dressed as officers, they didn't announce themselves. They shoot the, his son's dog, his 15 year old son's dog. This kid just sees some, these two guys pop out of the woods and shoot his dog. 
So he does what any responsible person does, and he fucking opens fire, right? Well, this ends with a ATF officer either being killed or wounded, and uh, Randy Weaver's 15-year-old son being killed. Well, this leads to a standoff that lasts for days, and eventually the FBI has a sniper kill his wife while she's holding an infant child, right? They, they sniped her through a door, almost killed the infant child. Well, everybody, including the, uh, the white supremacist uh, like compound, the Aryan Nations compound that was like on the next mountain over, um, several groups, several fucking groups, political groups, militia groups, they came. They, they came hauling. They were going to wipe out every fucking ATF agent they could. But what happened was, is they got stopped before they ever got close. Uh, they, they realized that there was this huge outcry. So what did they do? They shut down traffic for fucking cities around. Now, the, the only thing you could have done at that time is to open revolt in every city in America, right? That could have stopped it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. We don't really have to go to the but, guns first. There, there, are, there are ways of discourse. As we've seen in the last few years, uh, that worked fairly well. And if you're doing it in the right way, they let you get away with a lot of shit. Well, but... Someone in the French Revolution said that rioting is the uh, it is the language of the oppressed. Yes. Um, so which which by all by means, all, by all <laughs> means, and you know if something like that incident were to have happened in today's day and age, I would actually be speaking to folks that are listening to do something a little bit more. And I'm not saying violence. I would never go to that. Anybody should fire the first shot. But to make yourself known, it would be if, if I were there and I had my opinion, as I say now, I would say that an event like that is time for everybody. And I mean, every single fucking person on the, in this country to say, I don't care what your political value is. That shit's wrong. Um, he broke no damn law and the government's coming in and doing some of this shit like this. Uh, the same with Waco. Um, you know, even though you know, supposedly they broke a, 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 a gun law for having a purchased a banned weapon. I'm not sure about that. Um, but so what? It's their 2A right to have fucking firearms, well, to, to bear arms. And so we've got two major events that people should have stood up, grabbed their weapons, went out in the street, stood up and said, no. That's all you got to do. Just stand there. Say no. You know, the government goes too far at this point. You know, tell, them, tell them to fucking back off. You're the fucking people. You're the one that tells them what to fucking do, not the other way around. Stop calling these assholes leaders. They're servants. <laughs> and always were, right? And that's why, that, that's why I have all the I I have these reactions I do towards like um, like law enforcement and you know government in general. Um, any 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 type of way I see. Anytime I see somebody fighting back, whether I agree with their cause or not, I am proud to see somebody fight back. And when they let me down by not fucking doing anything, by by stopping at half measures, I am I am disappointed yet again in humanity. Absolutely. But during both the January sixth fucking uprising and the BLM riots, I I was excited at both times. I thought maybe now. Maybe now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but no, everybody just. But no, I mean, and I, I, I'm starting to believe that it's too, it's too late, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you did, you did kind of the right thing for absolutely right reasons, but you, you, 
you went down the wrong, you took a wrong turn somewhere. Um, had you kept the focus and pointed it at the right problem, um, you might have actually found a solution. Organize yourselves better, folks. Pay attention to what's going on around you and target what you're going after. Don't just go random. You, we don't need shotgun-style effects here. We, we need precision. Um, go after the problem. Don't hurt the people that are trying to support you. Yeah, people actually got to be prepared to put everything on the line for it. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that's something that was lost. And then we really lost a lot of that after, like, a lot of the 60s revolutionary groups fizzled out. Um, you know, these people were willing to lay their lives, pretty much everything on the line for what they believed in. A lot of them did. A lot of them, the government straight up assassinated. And you see where we are today. You know, you now the only time we'd see any resistance is either with like massive riots or, you know, and or even hell, you could count these fucking mass shootings as a result of the, a horribly, horribly sick and broken system. It's not the guns. It's it's the system that the people live in that have these guns that have allowed it to go to this point. Absolutely. I agree with 100% on that, um, which is definitely going to be one of the many, many pieces of the puzzle that we've got to outhash here. We've been talking about this, and it's got to be said, and some of this stuff is not going to make it into the main thing, So, which is kind of why we're allowing this tangent to go a bit. Um, it's all part of one big picture, yeah, we folks. We are at three hours. It's all part of one big picture, and it all needs to be said. Um, there's way too much to say, and it can't all be packed into one little tiny thing. So, you know, hopefully we've been entertaining and thorough enough to have your attention throughout this whole entire series so you get every bit of it um, and can you know, finally piece all this stuff together when we finally get together with the uh, main episode and really dive deep Which into we, all this I stuff. I think we just did. I, I think we just saved ourselves an hour. Yeah, we, we definitely <laughs> kind of cut into a, the, the main episode a bit by just, you know, covering I mean, this it, bit here. We couldn't, it, 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 we couldn't really not talk about it, you know? Absolutely. And and apparently I, I'm, I've been screaming about mass shootings in my sleep. <laughs> um, I, I have a... Excuse me. I have a tendency to talk in my sleep, and um, especially when I'm kind of stressed out or not feeling well. Uh, when I had COVID, I actually sang in my sleep. Um, we're we're on the final stretch. We don't have much more to go through to get to the end. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, it, it's affecting me. So I've also been extremely passionate this episode. I feel like, but these two shootings touched. It, it opened up a lot of wounds for me. Um, it, it it showed me a lot of things that I didn't realize I was fucking right about. You know, <laughs> it showed me a lot of things that I didn't even, you know, I, I knew that I knew that the fault all had to be something to do with the system. And I feel like I, I found the majority of it. And it's, it, you know, it's these, yeah, these people, they, they make the wrong decisions. They're psychic. Some of them are like Dylan Roof is a huge piece of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, look at look at the world we're in. Look at the country. Look at the way things are. Uh, what what else are you? What 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 else could happen? Yeah, surprised we don't have I mean, many more of them. Yeah, and uh, you know, so well, folks, uh, this has been um, 
anarchist rantings with Rich and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'll be nice and I won't split this into two episodes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's not four hours yet. We said we said four is the max. Okay. Never hit. Yeah, we'll 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 torture him <laughs> for a little bit. We always tried to aim for an hour. We'll accept two or three, and it's it's getting right on three. By the time we finish post with the intro and outro, it'll be about three. So, uh, yeah, if you definitely want the conclusion to this, you're going to have to pay attention and uh, look for those notifications on just about every single platform you can imagine. I'm sure all you got to do is type us in. We. We we show up yeah, at the very top on most things and searches. And you type in Stoner's Point on all platforms except for Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Apple. Those are the only ones we're not on. All the other ones, we're there. And we're pretty much the only thing that pops up when you type in Stoner's Point. You'll find other stuff about Stoner's, but look look for the medieval arguing guys. <laughs> um <laughs> There we the are. original debaters. Um, so, yep. If you like our, uh, if, if you like, if you like what you're listening to, you know, you, you can find us all this place. Please hit those likes, shares, subscribes, uh, leave comments, reviews. Um, Anything to break up the algorithm, uh, folks. It'll help us out tremendously. Oh yeah. Um, if you're if you're capable of doing so, we highly we, we we highly recommend that you go over to Patreon and join our five dollar tier. Will there be other tiers later? But right now we're just trying to we're just trying to get out there. So join that five dollar tier, you'll get uh, access to bonus episodes. You'll have early access on most episodes. Um, I'll be doing early access. I'll, like this will be early access. It will become public though. Uh, but there will be several. There are already a, a couple. Like I think we have two, like exclusive bonus only episodes. And then we got stuck on this, so we really haven't done any bonus material. I, um. But yeah, uh, if you're able to follow us on Patreon, if not, we get it, man. We're broke too, so go ahead and just like I said, comment, share, get us out there, get us out of the people who can help us out. Absolutely, um, folks. Yep. So, uh, if you like our intro music, uh, check out Wickless Guy. He's on all the platforms we are on, and then some. Um, stay tuned for our upcoming uh, podcast. Me and Jessica, we will be doing a cult serial killer uh, podcast called charlie manson's fanny pack um we actually have some uh some content to release i've just been uh actually collaborating working with uh wickless guy getting a new intro song it's the only reason i haven't put any content up yet so yep uh just keep an eye out for that folks and uh as always uh fuck around and find out